Good evening, listeners. Welcome to episode 60, can you believe, of the Two Peas in a Podcast. Um, tonight, as always, we shall go on to the hobby desk. So we talk about what we've been doing and our plans looking forward into 2021. Um, Ben is very distinct with his plan and knows what's going on. I have no real clue and we'll probably just get randomly excited and buy things and sell them throughout the year. Um, <laughs> we'll go uh, We'll go into the galaxy of war and again, and, and the same in the mortal realms tonight. We're going to reflect a bit on the things we think we've seen that were awesome and what we'd like to see. Uh, and we find out that basically, if there isn't corn berserkers, there will be pain. Then into the community, uh, where we do our usual shout outs to some of the awesome stuff we've seen. And finally into the wilds, which is a long ramble this evening. But it's a lot about parenting and uh, and hobbying um, at the same time. And, and making sure that you don't inadvertently feed paint to the baby and put milk on your models. It's very important. Don't go there. <laughs> ben, are you ready? Yeah, um, yeah why not? Born ready. <laughs> Prediction? Pain. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to episode 60's Hobby Desk. Um, a bit excited that we've reached episode 60 without falling apart and giving up. <laughs> it's still here. <laughs> or, or, or at least we've managed to give the impression we've not fallen apart and given up at any point. <laughs> and it's the end of 2020, last episode. So it's kind of, numbers all come together. In a what a shame time. 2020 is over. I know. Good riddance. (laughs) That's all I could say to that. Um, So, as usual, we're going to go through our uh, little adventures on the hobby desk over the last two weeks. Um, Last time we were joined with Fabulous Miles, um, and uh, we we spoke about what we've been up to at that point. So, um, do you want to start first today, Dan, or should I go first? Um, You 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 crack on. Okay. I suppose it's this the same old kind of story, isn't it, with when you're doing big projects? But um, what I've been up to is still working on my Space Wolves. Um, and I'm a, I, I feel like I'm at a really exciting point with them because um, because I did this big batch paint. And as, as I've explained to like a dozen times, um, if I'm doing a really big batch of models that take a long time, like the Space Wolves, I tend to take them up into the point where I can't stand looking at them anymore. Um, and then individually pick off squads and finish them off. Mm. And I'm at the point now where pretty much all of them are at the point where the only thing that needs to happen um, that isn't the very last highlight is the Fenris Grey sort of first edge highlight. So I I, I tend to do a sort of um, zenithal kind of area shade on on things with the Russ. Um, over the top of um, what I have this time, I used the, the Space Wolf Grey um, contrast paint to get the the, the, the recesses, you know, the, the darker parts of it, um, and then the Rust Grey. Uh, and then I used 
a Fenris, Fenris and Grey air paint to sort of do a, like a, a more kind of zenithy bit highlight. Um, there's a really good term for this that painters use, and I can't remember it, but um, <laughs> um, other than zenithing, but like, you know, area shading where you get the light at the top of the of the areas. And um, and then I do a larger Fenris and Grey with, with the normal paint because I find that's a little bit, brighter than the air paint the air paint is a bit more muted um and then the the blue horror is the last edge highlight so once i've done the fenrisian gray highlight on all of them they'll be really close then because that takes a long time about 45 minutes per model yeah um, mainly actually probably only takes about half an hour model but realistically the first one takes me 20 minutes the second one takes me half an hour the third one takes me 35 minutes and it gets longer and longer and longer because <laughs> I get distracted by Facebook and various other things, and it just it just becomes a, a pain. Um, but once that's done, then they'll, I'll, I'll start knocking them off real quick. I think. Um, so, I mean, I think about two days worth of painting for each squad, and I've got four squads left to do. And by two days, I mean about an eight, an eight hour free day, so a weekend day, so two evenings, something like that. So I'm quite excited about. It or how close I am to finishing them. And then when I've done that, that will be the sort of infantry of the company, like the core infantry of the company done then for Ragnar's pre-Primaris company. They are looking fantastic. I, I've yeah, said cheers, that bud. to you, obviously, in the lead-up, because I know you were a little bothered by the fact that you, you felt like your output, you hadn't done a lot. Um yeah. I feel but, my output this year has been terrible. But you, I think you've really got to take away the quality of what you're putting out, and it's just it's it's a totally different year. So, so last year you were doing a lot of speed painting projects or quicker projects. Yeah. Um. And, and ultimately, there isn't much that's going to be as time consuming as edge highlighting Space Marine Power Armor to the standard that you're doing it. You know, yeah. so I know you did some of your Oryx last year uh, and they look great, but it's a totally different thing than edge highlighting all that power armor. So, and, and you built a flipping metric ton of stuff. Yeah. And frustratingly still got loads to build, which is just painful. Um, yeah, well. But we'll talk about that <laughs> in a second. Um, yeah. And I, the other thing I did is, so I finished two squads over the last two weeks. So, the first squad was that Space Wolf Grey Hunter squad that I painted right back when I got back in the hobby after I finished my beastings on uh, in hospital when I was a junior doctor. Um, and I found a little bit of time and I just moved to house and I got them out and done those. Um, and they got, the, they got the upgrade treatment, so they got all the extra highlighting done. The colours, I changed a few. Um, and I'm really happy with how they turned out in the end, actually, because they were looking really old and didn't fit with the army at all. Um, and it would have been really odd having one squad that looked that much different from the others. Cause I learned so much in this first year, that first year I got back into the hobby um, after the gap. So I think I'm really happy with their, where they are. And then the first squad of the ones that I've just done from scratch this time were, were finished. So I suppose I finished 20 gray hunters in the last two weeks is, is a nice way of looking at it. But um, um, and also did all the green stuff work on the assault intercessors, which I really enjoyed. So I tried the using the blue stuff 
I haven't talked oh, yeah. about this, but where you mold like like little bits that you want to use, so like space wolf wolf skull, so icons, and I I didn't really get on with it. I don't think um, I couldn't I couldn't get it to look as I wanted it to look, um, mm. which frustrated me because then I ended up sculpting it and not pissing around with it, and and then I may as well not bothered doing the cast in the first place. Um, so. I, I kind of haven't used those as much as I hoped I would do because I wanted for my squads to just be able to bang out a couple of wolf skull like emblems and stick them on knees and have done with it. But it didn't work out like that. But um, I find it's, it, it's, I've not, you know, I'm sh- hopefully somebody's listening that's had more experience, but when I used it, excuse me, guys, as you know, Ben is a GP and I work for Raw Mail and it is a tiring time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I found that you had to have quite a lot of pressure on to the stuff to get it to conform to what you'd sculpted. Yeah. And then when I tried to cast off it with like green stuff, I just couldn't get it to work. I, I, in the end I had to do it with resin, like a resin pour. So um, yeah. I think I've got it. I think I've got it to work. It's just little things like um. So if you get like a wolf skull from the back of a power fist, which is where the best one I found, the little kind of wolf skull emblems, that's quite a flat surface. And if you want to put it on a knee, you then have to bend the back of the surface. So you can't mm. just wait for it to dry and stick it on. Really, no. you've got to sort of put it on and mold it around. And by the time you smooth the edges around. You kind of distorted it enough that then you have to re-sculpt some of it, and then you think, well, what was the point? Mm. Might as well have just stuck it on and done it, because um, I spent the best part of an evening practicing how to do wolf skull heads anyway. So, um, <laughs> And it's just more practice. And What I did end up doing um, was I, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of time to sit and sculpt like fur on units as much as I'd like to have done. Um, like on a character model, for example. So I used the um, the press mold for a few of the wolf pelts, and then and then faffed around with it afterwards to get it to how it looked, wanted it to look. And I find that like a lot faster. I don't think it looked quite as good as the one I sculpted myself. But actually, when it's hanging between the legs, the way I sculpted it doesn't work. You need something to push against to sort of you know get it to look right. Um, so actually sort of pressing it on and then putting it on and then fiddling with it was a quite a much faster way of doing it. Otherwise, what I end up doing is sculpting like a back plate and then sculpting the fur on top of that, letting it dry, and then sculpting the fur on top of that, which takes just longer. Um, but yeah, I'm quite happy. I'm re- well, I'm really happy with those um, for squad. They only took a couple of evenings to get to that level. And realistically, I think um, four hours is all I'm willing to spend upgrading a squad of Primaris, really. Um, That's you could a be great a... result, though, for four hours' work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, happy. I'm really happy with it. Um, yeah, I'm getting faster with some things, too, now, which is really, like, it, 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 pleasing. Like mm. the hair. Um, but I find that... I find with hair, I get it right or I don't. So if I, if I get it wrong... Then I think sometimes it's better to just let it let it cure, rip it off, and start again. Because yeah. if you've got it wrong 
trying to fix it, you just end up getting yourself in a mess. But I mean, you 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 were there with me for the the uh, epic session of green stuffing where nothing, just nothing, was going right. And it is is worth <laughs> saying that you know, I, I green stuff is one of those things I think that I've learned that some days you you sit down to do it and I, I get I can get nothing wrong. I just I feel like king of the world doing it I, i'm like oh yeah that's turned out really well oh that's perfect i'm you know i feel great and then sometimes i'll sit down and it's basically four hours of continual swearing <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, it was creative in yeah. a different kind of way that session yeah and i spent the best part of two hours putting a, a, a leather strapping on a melter gun because it just was not, it just was not behaving itself. Or one of the um, eradicators. Painful, really painful. So I think it's it's a it's a good reminder. I think green stuff has a good way of sort of coming back and reminding you that you're you've got a long way to go before it's just you can just do it. And <laughs> um, there's so many variables that you don't naturally take into account when you when you're starting out i suppose but i'm really excited about where they are um and the other thing i've been doing over the last couple of days is um is planning for 2021 because i went into 2020 in a bit of a pickle because i just moved house i'd spent most of december and january just packing up my stuff to move um, in an organised fashion, so it was relatively accessible, um, which wasted January. But in some ways, it wasn't wasted because then part of this year I spent like cataloguing everything I had. I have I've literally written down every model and every book that I've had because it got to the point where I was rediscovering things every time I opened a box, and I'd be like, "Oh God, I don't remember buying them. What did I buy that?" Or I'd think, "Oh, I've got that book," and then I didn't. I didn't have that book, so. It, um, I suppose when you've been collecting for the best part of 30 years, that can end up happening. But that irritates my brain a little bit. <laughs> so I sat down and catalogued it. So um, what I've been trying to do this for this year is come up with, and this is going to sound really ridiculous, but a five-year plan um, where I've worked out the core things that I really want to get done. And I've worked those in. And then I worked out the other projects or left gaps for new projects around those. Mm. So whatever happens over the five years, those core projects will get done, which is feels like a long time. Um, and it was a bit depressing sort of putting the Dragon Princes in, in year five, having just built them this year. Seems like <laughs> a long, way, long time in the future. But, um, you know, I think that, I think that's going to have to be how it's going to be. Otherwise, I won't get to do any current hobby. And I'll just end up sort of doing old hobby. Um, and as much as I'd love to, love to do that and be caught up, it, it's it's just a bit overwhelming. And I, actually, I've probably given myself, allocated myself more time than I need because I've really had to make some big decisions because about I can't paint all my armies the same way I paint my space walls. I just can't do it. It breaks me a little bit. Um because I don't think about armies in a small way. <laughs> I don't. I, and no. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm no, absolutely no. absurd about things. So, like, my my exorcist army was going to start off as a small force for um, Obscura. It, it's now a company strength force in my head. 
to use up all of my Space Marine bits, which is just absolutely ludicrous. But <laughs> it, it's one of those things where I think, you know, I think with the with the Exorcist, I came up with a scheme where I can do one Marine in 20 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, especially if I had the transfers. So I can do a squad easily, maybe 20 Marines in a week if I really went for it. So what I've been looking at the things the projects that I've got, like for example, the high elves. I'd love to be able to sit down and paint the high elves so they look like the heavy metal high elves um, from when I started collecting. All those really crisp whites and you know perfectly blended highlights on. I, I literally have nearly five hundred of them. <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot do it. Otherwise, I'll be, I'll be painting elves for like. Stars will come and die before I finish that army if I do it that way. Um, so I, I've had, I've been speaking to Miles about um, little little legend about working out um, bouncing ideas off him about how to do them quickly, like really quickly, so I can do like maybe a thirty man unit in in a week. Mm. You know, two week, two weeks, week two weeks, using airbrushing, you know, w- washing, glazing, you know, working in a kind of grim dark way to create a realistic looking unit that looks absolutely ace on the table. But when you pick it up, you, you know, you, you don't get those um, those little extra details because otherwise, otherwise it's just going to break me. I think, and I and I need to change that way of thinking in my head, and I need to change the way I paint armies so that. Like for example, a really good example is I definitely do my goblins and my orcs in a different way now. The orcs and goblins that I did, not my iron jaws, the other ones. Mm. Because I probably utilise the airbrush a lot more and I definitely utilise oils and enamels a lot more. And I and I would have been able to do twice as many in the time it took me to do them, like yeah. easily twice as many. Um, so there's been lots of, yeah, lots of thinking, lots of planning. Um yeah, I think it's really good idea to be honest, because it allows you to enjoy current stuff as well. Because often there can be that guilt, I suppose, and worry and concern about buying something new when you've already got loads to do. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, uh, and and that's a shame, really, because it dampens the spirits a bit on all the cool new stuff. Um, yeah and so i think by having it planned out i think that's a great idea i think that's a great idea the the backbone of it is my um is my starters kit project um getting the starters kits done because they form an awful lot of the bulk of what i've got sitting around to be perfectly honest like the the majority of the orcs sat in that box over there are the second edition starters kit and black reach yeah realistically there's there's one or two other models in there like the ones gaskell thracker and and the the um the knobs that came with um him and you know the beast the wolf and the beast that you know little bits extra that you can accidentally pick up because you're picking up ragnar blackman <laughs> um and ragnar blackman comes with an entire box set <laughs> yeah yeah but it's um yeah i think um I've really enjoyed planning it. And actually I've been talking to Joe because Joe, Joe's a really good painter and um, we do sit down and 
hobby once a week together. She does various things, but she's actually quite keen to help me get through my Lord of the Rings backlog. Mm. Um, so I'm going to be sitting down and painting massive regiments of goblins with her on a Monday night and doing that together, um, which I think will be really cool. Um, I'm quite excited about that. Using like really simple techniques to just just get those big blocks of like Moran and Orcs done. No, so no faffing around, so that they're just done. Um, I think Lord of the Rings does lend itself, especially the Orcs, to those sort of quick schemes. Yeah. And they're yeah. smaller for a start. There's less surface area to worry about. Certainly less flat areas. Yeah. And I'm not really, I'm not really, like massively in need of them all being like edge highlighted and little details done. Like the, the the goblins, I'm quite happy with just sort of block coloring them out, and then and then sticking a sticking an enamel wash over them, you know, rubbing off the surface and ta da! Literally, literally as simple as that. I might do like a like a cheat cheat step at the start by. Spraying them black and then zenithing with them with white through the airbrush, or maybe even the red, the rattle can. So you get that kind of area, you know, highlight across the top of them naturally, um, and then use like the contrast paints to block them out. Bang an enamel wash on and uh, and you know clean the, sur- the the raised areas off a bit. I reckon you've got that done, um, and that's what I'm going to have to start thinking like with a lot of the armies because because it's just such a backlog and I've talked about it so many times and people must get sick of hearing it, but I'm hoping that the planning of these armies is, is, is useful to people. Cause like, for example, today I was looking at fast ways of doing um, dark angels and came up with some really cool ideas um, to do the dark uh, vengeance box set, mm. which is actually a bit of a pain in the ass that box set, because there's quite a lot of, characters um but not only that there's three different types of armor color so you can't just stick the terminators the bikes and the squad and airbrush the whole lot you know in green mm. and then start you got to do one bone one black one green so it's a bit, it's a bit of a pickle <laughs> god bless them <laughs> um love the dark angels thank you I always knew they'd come back and kick me in the teeth one day but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a good project to do in my mind because I've been quite I've been quite disappointed with this year the number of models I've got painted I don't feel like I've even scratched my backlog really I really hope to have got those space was done by the end of the year but it's just not happened um, but like you said there's been lots of positives lots of other sort of hidden hobby in the background, like the assembling and all that kind of stuff that sometimes some, for some reason you just don't count assembling stuff as hobby, do you? Like it's, it's like the aggravating preamble to getting on with it. Yeah. I don't think as either, um, you know, you, I don't think you can dismiss the fact that you've chosen to dedicate a chunk of your time to your health, and I think that's a really healthy thing to discuss as part of the hobby, because actually yeah. a lot of us spend a lot of time sitting down and just painting and painting and painting and what have you. Uh, mm. And that's not true of everyone. Obviously, there's lots of people that that, that are very uh, 
conscious of their health uh, in the hobby. But I think overall, as a positive to how you will feel and how engaged you will feel and how much more awake you will feel, it's got to be a good thing that you've taken that time to put towards yeah. You. Yeah, I mean, that, that has taken a huge chunk out of my painting time because what what I've done this year is basically the couch to 5K. Um, I haven't really spoken about this on the podcast at all, to be honest, but I was quite unwell at the start of the year. Um, quite seriously unwell in some ways. So my blood pressure was so high that um, I nearly got um, admitted to the hospital as, as an emergency. Um it was only the fact that I was in, in the practice when it got sorted out and they dealt with it there and then that I didn't need to do that. But then I spent two weeks basically unable to do anything because um, I felt so unwell and I had such an awful headache. But out of that, and then the coronavirus rearing its ugly head, I did, I did come to realise that I needed to do something about sort of my general health. Um, I'm pretty sure my blood pressure has a lot to do with stress. Um but you know the weight and inactivity kind of kind of been all that positive a impact on it. But I've gone. I've, what I've done is is the, is I've got up in the morning, pretty much every morning, um, and done some form of cardio, which has been um, the couch to five k, which I was really chuffed to finish that uh, a couple of months ago. And now I'm on the five k to ten k, and I'm halfway through that. So I'm on regularly running. Um, sort of four and a half, five K now, um, four times a week. So I'm super chuffed about that. Um, but what that means is to get up in the morning at 6.30 and go for a run, I have to go to bed at sort of 11 o'clock. Whereas you all know as, as well as I do that I used to be up until one o'clock in the morning painting um, mm. very regularly. Um, so, you know, I've lost about two hours a day, realistically, a painting time, which is a, is a lot. So it's about 10 hours a week, really. Um, but I think that was a worthwhile, worthwhile swap. <clears throat> definitely. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So overall quite a positive story, really. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. I think overall, what, looking back on 2020, it's been, it has been a really weird year. So there's some really big positives, like I've lost four and a half stone. I can now run where I couldn't run very, really at all. Um, I have done like loads of sort of, of the aggravating rubbish part of the hobby, um, like organising myself and building a shed to move into, which is it's not, that's not worth remembering because that's pretty much there now. Um, by the end of January, I should have moved in and for the first time in my life have a gaming table in my house, um, which will be immense for me. Um, but at the same time, like you said, because of the, because of the projects I've done, I have, just haven't had the painting output that I've, that I've had in previous, the last two years, and I find that a bit of a, bit of a grumpy. And it's been a really unsocial year for the hobby. <laughs> the most unsocial year of the hobby like ever um apart from zoom painting sessions which have become pretty standard affair now um 
Tell you, it's been a bit of a bit of a year of two halves, hasn't it? Or not two halves, but two sides to it. If I think, from my perspective, I I kind of and work has been awful, but there's been loads of positives. I've tried to make positives out of it. I've really battled to make positives out of it. Otherwise, I could I would have just melted away this year into misery. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking about misery. Mr. Postman at Christmas. I'm not miserable lo- about that. Uh, after lockdown with the Parcel Fest 2020. <laughs> it's all right. I'd rather, I'd rather be busy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, thing is, it's, it's the age old sort of um, difference between sort of pressure and stress, isn't it? So, you know, it's fine while it's still achievable. Yeah. It's when it tips over that. But to be fair, the team I'm working with at the moment um, in the office I run are just brilliant. They're really good and they're really engaged. And when you think that they have been key workers, so they've they have worked throughout the pandemic, they've not just been going to work, but seen the sort of change in what they have to do every day where letters have dropped, but parcels are through the roof and the volumetrics on parcels are much tougher to deal with. You know, they're coming in early every day. They're doing longer days every single day anyway. Then we hit peak and it's got really busy Christmas peak. Um, It's got busier and busier and busier. And yet this week when I said to them yesterday, So I've got 22 staff in my team. I said to them that, you know, we needed another big push. Uh, Really appreciated that it was a big ask, but I needed some people to work Sunday. Eight of them, eight of them. So nearly 40% said, yeah, we'll come in. We'll come in with you and do it. And that's after all of that this year. So I, I have to say like and and obviously you know i i i know it's frustrating <laughs> i know it's frustrating when you you think something's gone missing or it hasn't turned up but i still see people bitching that they sent a letter you know 2 weeks ago and it hasn't come yet a single letter in the whole network and i just think you know what we've had people in bristol well, all over the postal service, in hospital with COVID, in hospital with COVID. We've been dealing with social distancing for so long now. And I know we're not the only ones. And I know, obviously, you know, it's it's really harsh on, on like you guys in the NHS. But I just think I just get a bit irate now, as you can tell. I'm so damn yeah. proud of my team. They do such a good job. And this is, and bear in mind also, you know, managerially at least, Royal Mail is cutting 2,000 managerial jobs. So we're doing all of this as a managerial team without, you know, I don't know what job I will be doing. I'm pretty confident I'll have one in the new year because they've got to have somebody. Mm. So... I don't know how that's kind of happened. It's a hobby podcast, but I think I just feel very passionate about it. 
and I'm like, you know, it's it's the end of the year episode. It is, uh, it is, I think, a lot about reflecting on the year from a personal perspective too. Yeah. Um, because it has massively impacted our hobby. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's so, massively impacted everyone's hobby. But um, yeah, it's interesting, actually, isn't it? It's it's very much. Uh, it's an interesting tale depending on on where you came down so like some people's output has gone through the roof because of yeah. furlough whereas other people's output it is got smashed apart because of furlough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. um I, I know i laughed a lot like and i'm really chuffed for people that got to get a lot done but like you know i had to isolate a couple of times believe me when you have to isolate and you have young children, you do not get more done. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> you do not get more done. So, um, and actually it's interesting as well, because and, and I, we said we would talk a bit about this in this podcast and we, and we will, I think in the wilds, probably more focused, but um, you know, the challenge that being cooped up inside with children brings not just with children i appreciate other things but we'd, we'd said we'd talk specifically about with kids the challenge it brings and the mental challenge as well mm. on you and your relationship and and the people you live in with that can all have an impact because actually that downtime in the evenings where you do your painting if it's the evenings or in the day when you do it if you can't have that because it's too busy or you're too tired it's kind of like the chicken and the eggs it's kind of like it it gets into a spiral doesn't it so so yeah it's it's been a really tough year uh for loads of people you know loads of people um but yeah but that being said for all that i'm not miserable like with work i love it I love it. It's a real sense of satisfaction as well. Um, yeah. I make my team, incidentally, I do make my team bacon rolls every Saturday. Um, and it's got to the point, like I, I did it. I started it at the beginning of November because it was getting real busy. And I was like, right, I'm, you know, you guys are working your socks off. So I'll make bacon rolls every Saturday. I've had two Saturdays where I haven't been in work. Three, actually. One of them, I was there the Friday before, so I made bacon rolls on the Friday. The other two, I've had cover managers in, and there's such a sense of, like, excitement over the, the bacon roll Saturday that both those cover managers have ended up, they actually did sausage baps. So one was covering me for a week because I was on annual leave, and and we bad, uh, even I bugged him so much that on Saturday he got in and, and they were like, what are you doing? And he'd been up since like four cooking sausages and he was hanging. <laughs> but he made them sausages. And then and then the um, week just gone, uh, I was in another office and um, the guy covering me ended up doing the same thing. <laughs> They've like really got it down now, the guys. It's like you cannot, you don't come and run Winterbourne without making flipping bacon or sausage sandwiches on a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) But you've got to do it, you know? I really... (sighs) Often there can be an us and them culture with management and and, uh, and I... uh, And Royal Mail, it definitely has that feel. But I... I I just... I just... They just work so hard. 
you know, sometimes my job's a nightmare, but I don't go out in the bloody snow and the rain and all the rest of it all the time. No. Um, no. So I can, you know, I can get a few bacon sandwiches. Um, although there was one occasion where I, I thought, I thought I'd made all of them a sandwich. So I was like, right, I'm going to have a badass bacon butty now. And I made a massive one and I ate it. And a guy came in and went, have you done bacon sandwiches? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but I've eaten yours. <laughs> so, anyway, none of that is hobby related. Well, it is hobby related, but it's not related to what I've been doing on my hobby desk. So uh, uh, when I get to my hobby desk, um, I, I've still I've done a bit more Warmaster. Uh, I did some Black Knights and... Oh, they look cracking. Yeah, I was really I, pleased I, with those. I got the really dark, sort of grimy look. I love 10 millimeter cavalry. That's yeah. why I think really, I love it. It looks I did so good. bats as well. I still need to dry brush the bases and finish them up. And then um, I'm not far off. Oh, I made a good start on some Graveguard as well. I'm moving towards a thousand points. I'm not not a long way off. Not a long way off. But I started to feel a bit. I was I was itching for another project, do something different. And um, what I've done this year, uh, and it's kind of been good in a way because obviously I've finished all apart from Scarbrand, who I bought partway through the year, all of my corn miniatures, which is great. You know, it's a lot of models. It's like two hundred models or something I had to do. And I've got through them, and that's brilliant. But that focus has meant that uh, I've often got excited about other things and then got frustrated because I can't do it and then ended up not doing really doing anything, which is a bit weird. Yeah. So um, That is such a common thing, though. When you, when you start flapping around in circles about not, not being able to do something or what do I do, that you end up just not doing anything yeah yeah that's and that's not just hobby is it that no that, that happens in all all sorts of things so i've um i uh i was feeling a bit like i wanted to do something different and i wanted to have a crack at some space marines yeah so i thought i'd do some primaris and i was going to do a few different ones different chapters but then i decided no I, i'm just going to do um try out my rift stalkers Rift Stalkers. Uh, and so I'm, I've done three. I've almost done three. I'm just finishing off the bases at the moment. And that's just been so much fun just to put something to one side. There's no, there's no pressure. Like I'm not trying to paint a 2000 point Rift Stalker army. I'm not even trying to say I'm definitely going to start an army. I just painting these three dudes and, yeah. um, and getting the airbrush out and going back to the sort of the stuff I, I really love airbrushing and the sort of zenith in and getting in and 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 building up the armor and um pin washing like oh my god why don't i pin wash everything because it is so good and and With actually oils. what's well it's interesting because i've been experimenting a bit i've been talking to henry and um like getting increasing the amount of gloss on the model to to get it to pin better yeah. but also trying out enamels so like yeah. enamels they're like <laughs> all done <laughs> it's just insane um, I, yeah, yeah i so noticed I, that when i'm doing that last enamel coat on my space wolves 
It's like yeah. I just put a blob on and it goes bloop, into all the cracks. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, why don't I do that for washing? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's been really good. Um, really fun. And they're not quite done. I, I'm going to play around with weathering in the the legs into the bases when I get to that. Um, I've decided I didn't want to go quite as dark as I thought I would when I set out. I, I liked it a bit lighter. Um, bit on the fence as to doing edge highlights because I, it's that thing a bit like that you were saying, really weighing up time versus sort of end results so yeah you know what has been great so a few great things no trim so that's been glorious like really good um, you, that's just worth clarifying no trim and you're comparing to your corn here right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah so no trim so that's been great so a couple of things other things hobby things i found so first is and it may have just been me, but I, I don't think it was. I used the Games Workshop Aircast Thinner when I was using the Games Workshop Air Paints. Now, I, I've always heard in the past that, in general, the company... So, like, if you're using Vallejo, Vallejo Thinner is good, um, etc. That That's the kind of idea. And, and I sort of thought, well, all right. I really felt that it flowed better i actually think it worked better um which is odd uh, i didn't expect it to be honest i really didn't um i, I might think my biggest issue with with aircast thinner is that uh, i mean the thinner i mean I, I know it's radio not television but i've mean, got the two here so the vallejo thinner is that big and yeah, I'm, holding, so... I'm holding up a how many mils is that 200 mil ball and then, and then the, the air is is what? How big is one of those tops? I have to move the. There you go. There's one there. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. So the air is uh, twenty-four mil. Yeah. You know the uh, the aircast thinner. So I mean, the the difference in size is what puts me off because yeah. if I get aircast air, if they'd done aircast thinner in a two hundred mil bottle. And charged a fiber for it. No, it would be a no-brainer for me. Yeah, you know, I, and I agree with you. And I, I wouldn't. But then, to be honest, I don't tend to use Citadel colors for airbrushing, big airbrushing yeah. projects. It's only for like little bits and bobs where I want a color match to it. Um, that I found it useful because so so the armors, the white armor isn't. There's no Citadel in that. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, the other thing is Primaris are bloody amazing to paint. Yeah, they are great. Like you don't get it until you paint in one. And I, and I hadn't painted one before, but. They're a different. It's just totally. It's so, beast, so enjoyable. You've got like mm -hmm. a canvas there that you can, you feel like you can work with and, and, and do something with and things are crisp and you know what stuff is and you can get in and around. Oh, mate, they're lovely. They are so nice. Um, so I really enjoyed painting those, just three intercessors. Um, yeah. And uh, and so I suppose uh, at the risk of us going, this is another long hobby desk, but it's been a fun one. Um, in the same vein, as Ben mentioned, plans for 2021. Um, I don't know, really. I'm, I'm almost like the opposite to you. I don't really have a big a big plan. I, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'd be good to work through my specialist game stuff. 
Um, yeah. It'd be good to work through my terrain. But but actually, you know, I've really enjoyed doing those three, uh, three guys. Um, so I'm toying with the idea of picking up a box of the infiltrators. Yeah. Um, and and I'm a little bit on the fence because, on the one hand, box of infiltrators is thirty five pounds. And then you've got the start collecting the Phobos version one, which is which is uh, sixty pounds. And in there you've got the easy build infiltrators. You've got the flying gun guys. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a U now because I can't remember uh, what they're <laughs> called. You've got the eliminators and you've got the Phobos captor. So you've basically you've got a lot more miniature for your pound, but yeah. you are buying a backlog. And I'm like, oh, do I want that backlog? Um, I, even though I could get through it quickly, but I think there's always a little bit of a lie going on when your brain's like, yeah, but you could paint it quickly. Because actually, you you still got to sit down and paint it. Like, you still have to spend time on said thing. Um, so, it's so true, that, isn't it? That your, yeah. that your brain will say, oh, that's that's not that's not hard. There's only, like, five colours to base coat, and then a and then a wash, and then maybe a highlight. Anything else, that's, that's easy. But then, you know, that's two weeks' work on. on yeah, it doesn't. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how fast a technique is. You still got to do something, you yeah. know. Um, so, so I'm a little bit unsure on that. And then, <laughs> and then added to that is the fact that so Dan and Tom. And potentially Ben Chambers, because I've been I was chatting to him about today, but they're doing a new year new army AOS thing. Um, okay. So no, was there ain't gonna do a new army? Yeah, he's Ooh. doing he's bought he's bought the start collecting the Stormcast one. He he wants to do the white um the Knights Excelsior, the ones that are like really angry and just smash everyone. Oh, that's cool. Um so and then Tom's looking at Cities of Sigma. And so they asked if I wanted to join in. And I was like, well, yeah. But you know what I'm like. I don't have a great track record for it. No, you do not. <laughs> um, and I and I was toying with the idea of doing Flesh Eater Courts. But, but actually, I'm really drawn, again, not for the first time, to doing, um, doing the Nurgle Army. Um, and doing like the... Because I've been enjoying the washes and stuff. And... Uh, and I'm so I'm looking now at the Rotbringers um, as a start point. So the battle, the start collecting for them, picking mm. that up because I really like the idea that Dan would have picked up a start collecting, and I've picked up a start collecting, and can paint those up. Um, but again, similar thing. I'm sort of like, well, do I get a box of a box of? Um, Start flight lords, lords yeah. on their own, thirty-five pounds. But what's interesting, so I don't, I don't know actually if you'd ever want to buy just a box of blight lords because the blight lords are thirty-five pounds. The start collecting sixty pounds. The puscoil blight lords, which are the ones that are riding around on the little flies, they're forty pounds. And and so you get the blight lords and the puscoil dudes in the start collecting, so that's seventy-five pounds worth of model. For sixty pounds, and then you also get the little plague lord guy, mm. which you might not want multiple of him, but <laughs> so, bits, 
yeah yeah so um and i've got shed loads of nurglings from the last time that i thought nurgle would be a good idea and i built sold it all off and then got rid of it oh don't it's so annoying now as well because of course uh, as a as a extension to this and the reason this links back to the rift stalkers is i was then like well if i'm gonna do nurgle in age of sigma might as well do the demons and do the crossover and do death guard and they're about to get their new codex so then i go right death guard i know i'll pick up the three easy build plague marines and have a go at painting those except they don't make them anymore so you can't buy those so don't they no no i've been looking they're gone um and then i start thinking you know about all the the dark imperium and i'm looking at that online and that's gone up and because it's not available anymore. And I'm actually having a Ben moment now where I'm like, well, how dare they stop making this product when I want to buy it? Is the, is the Dark Imperium Plague Guard not in a separate, like, start collecting box? I don't believe so. But I'm so the, thinking that they might be soon because the Death Guard Codex is about to come out. Yeah, because uh, that, that means that the Space Marines aren't in a start collecting box either, then, are they? No, Listen, okay. Would be nice to see those two forces not like. Which fade is away really interesting because, with that in mind, I don't think there's actually a model for an ancient at the moment. A Primaris ancient, because mm. yeah. he True. was in there, wasn't he? So yeah, so there's a few things on my mind for going into 2021, um, but nothing solid yet. Yeah. Yeah. There's one. There's one last thing that I need to sort that I need to do before Christmas, which is um. Um, my dad's making a train, train set to go with the. Uh, a tabletop world scenery. Yes. And mum's been uh, mum's been buying the table little bits of the tabletop scenery for me to paint for him for Christmas. So I've got a little, little one of their cottages to paint. And at the same time, I picked up the Blacksmith's Forge, so I might do that at the same time, because I really love that model. And I'm dead excited about doing those. Yeah, that's, yeah. And you did some, you did, that little one you did was amazing. It's a little toilet. Yeah. <laughs> little outhouse. It was cracking. It's a beautiful model. So good. But I love the fact that there's detail on the inside. It's not just a shell. It's a, it's a natural structure with internal detail. It's amazing. I'm not sure, like... I was I can't even remember what I was thinking that led to this I was thinking about trying different things so I'm not sure whether if I do the Nurgle what I want to, I almost want to go at them fresh and do them however I want to do them as as their own standalone thing but but part of me is really drawn to the idea of somehow tying them in but maybe across the basing scheme with the corn so I've got like mm. a big, but the difficulty is so like uh, the, I really like the snow you've done on your walls, mm. and I so I'm because I like the way I do snow, but it is much more stylized. It is more kind of this is a miniature soldier on a made up basing material, whereas I think yours has got more of a realistic feel to it to look at. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, that's a bit down the way. Goodness, I haven't even got a Nurgle model yet, let alone worrying about how I'm going to base it. I, I have spent a bit today, a lot of my afternoon has been spent going through the, the projects I've got to do and having a little bit of a think about how I would go about doing them. And um, one of those is the, the Nurgle half of Dark Imperium, which I keep forgetting I haven't painted in my head. I'm like, I've finished Dark Imperium. That's done. I've painted that box, but I haven't. I've got the Nurgle to do. And what I was really keen about was using airbrush to hit it in with really odd colours. Mm. So starting with like a really bland sort of either deepkin flesh or, or pallid witch flesh or flayed one flesh. It's like a really like bright skanky flesh and then um and then hitting it in with some like magenta or or like a turquoise or you know odd colors in different places then doing all of the rotting bits with um that night haunt gloom so it looks like necrotic flesh and then banging a whole a wash over the whole thing um i'm making maybe thinking about pox walkers here actually more than more than the Nurgle themselves, but I'm actually thinking about doing a similar thing to the Nurt, to the Space Marine ones. Um, some form of enamel wash, because there's, there's a cool, there's a dust, there's a dust wash, isn't there? Which is a grey, bluey grey, I think, um, which is a, slightly different from the streaking grime. Mm. So there's the dust, there's the dust and the streaking grime, and there's, but you know, every company does similar products, versions of both of them. Um, but I was thinking maybe the grey, but then I was thinking the grey might take some of the colours out of the... But that's what I've been thinking about. And I think that would look really cool with Nurgle. So you just get some absolute bat crazy colours across the army that just sort of pop out and give you that kind of visual interest. Um, but you're relying on the washing to get your, to get your, co- you know, your contrast and your depth out of it. Mm. That was my thought. That was my thinking about it. But I, I think that Nurgle is one of those armies where you can just go crazy with colors and sort it out in the wash phase <laughs> the nice thing with nurgle as well is is although the nurgle's number is seven it, he it, you're also three is also a good nurgle number so like if you want a great unclean one because i was thinking today oh yeah but i'd need a great unclean one and then i was like i actually probably need seven but then i was like well no you don't need seven you could just have three because because of the three, um, yeah, three yeah, yeah. points. So you know that's good to know as well. <laughs> I'd start brown, I think, but I'm not talking about the poxel because actually, just talking about the the Nurgle, I I I'd start from a brown and then I'd yeah. airbrush up the armor through to like a bone, a bright bone, almost white actually, might even go yeah. to white, and then and then go in and airbrush like the the sort of fleshy shitty bits like that in whatever colors I wanted. You could probably, you could probably do it with contrast actually over the, oh, cause you, cause you'd bring the armor up to a color that would be up around your sort of um, gray seer and then yeah. go in with like the different, the purpley washes and the greeny washes and all the stuff like that. And then start going in with um, streaking grime. And I'll tell you what rune Lord brass with cryptet, bloody armor shade on it is an excellent color and then you hit that with decayed metal oh my goodness it's just oh and the other thing as well that i i know you've said about this before but chris mentioned it as well and i thought i'll have a quick go and rise a rust but then like 
watered down. Yeah, but thinned right out with yeah. um with um isopropanol. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Like oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a few things I'm excited about, but very conscious that I think that's about an hour now for hobby desk, which is oh, uh, cool. it's a nice yeah. epic hobby desk review. So what we thought we'd do, guys, um we don't you know if you're avidly listening for the the sort of uh dad hammer-esque stuff it's it's in here gonna touch on it throughout and then go in a bit more detail towards the end but uh we're gonna go into the galaxy of war and we're gonna talk about what we thought has become out as cool and what we'd like to see and do a similar thing in the mortal realms um so yeah thank you for listening all the way through the hobby desk uh go grab some refreshments and join us in the grim darkness of about, I don't know, how long are the little bits, bridges? 20 15, seconds? 15, Not even that. Yeah. I don't think it's even that much, is it? Cool. Right, grim time. Welcome, listeners, to the grim darkness for the last time of 2020, um, where, to be honest, it's only been grim and dark for your wallet, to be honest, because uh, there's been so much awesome. I just reeled off a list to Ben of all the stuff that's come out um, for the 40 41st millennium. Well, not just the yeah. 41st millennium, the 41st or the 31st millennium. The, un the universe. Yeah, the, the universe. And it is great, an epic list. So I'm sure we'll have forgotten things, but we've, we've kind of just gone through. So we've obviously had ninth edition, came with some banging terrain. We've had space marines have come out, necrons. And, and it's important to remember that like a lot of new models with both of those, a lot of like necrons is basically a range a re redo of the range in many respects. Um, there are much left, is there? I mean, there's a few of the destroyers left, but um, yeah, pretty much everything else has been re revamped, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, then and we've had space walls and Death Watch codexes, um, but we've also had Skies of Fire for Aeronautica. We've had a bunch of different knights for Titanicus. The Warbringer Titan came out at the beginning of the year. And a whole series. We've had more books this year, probably more printed pages for Necromunda this year than the the game entirely got in its last edition. Yeah, first edition. You know, I, which is just just I think says a lot about the speed and the the focus and the resource that's going into each game. Um, so I guess Ben, I'd imagine. <laughs> I don't know, because there was the thing of the Space Walls, there wasn't any new miniatures, was there? I was going to ask you what your standout was, really. Oh, Ragnar Blackmane. 100% Ragnar Blackmane. Oh, yeah, of course, he came out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this year th this year has been just so exciting for, for releases that, um, I mean, it's, uh, one of the things I would say is I, I, this year has been challenging for every company. But I think Games Workshop has done as best they possibly could, could have done with keeping people engaged with the hobby. The community team has been just doing a, such a fantastic job 
of continually putting out content, um, whether it's articles or Twitch videos or hobby roundups or the previews, which must have been so hard. It's so much easier to go to Adepticon and go, look at all this stuff. But you don't really know this year when it, whether it was actually ever going to come. You know, there was some stuff that I'm sure they were previewing. Or we're going to preview them, but like, are we, are we going to get that out on the shelves? Is that going to happen? So, but they've done it. And there has been times where, you know, I've got myself preposterously excited about a preview and then thought, oh, is that it? Because it's only been like three or four things. But, but then you'd have another one the following week and the week after. And actually it kind of kept, kept me excited. And I think, there's been some. There's just been some absolutely superb stuff this year. I mean, T- Titanicus has been rolling along. Like you said, we've got loads of different knights now. You, you can now effectively build build a knight army that will take on a lot of things if that's your bag, because um, knights are pretty tasty against titans if you swarm them. Mm. Um, you, you know, there is a definitely a degree of. You, you can't just go in with a full titan army. I don't think easily if you're playing a big game. You've got, to think, especially if you're going up against knights, you need to think about knights. Um, so there's just so many more options with that now. Necromunda's been ace, isn't it? Oh, those four, those four books. And, I think... and just blowing the lid off of like what we imagined those gangs to be. So like, the original box sets were great. But then, like, from the moment they released the Goliath ones, it was like, and here's some new stuff that you'd never thought of before. It's mm. like, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. I think the and this is in you know it's not it's not a negative. The, the only challenge really is what 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 do you do? Yeah. Well, yeah, this is it. So like, it is no exaggeration. Even me, who's who gets you know a fair amount of hobby time, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard. I could just focus on Necromunda this coming year. And I still wouldn't do everything this year that I'd like to do with Necromunda. Yeah. Terrain, yeah. you know, I haven't even started a Necromunda terrain set. But I am itching to, ever since doing that Warcry terrain, I am mm. so excited by doing Necromunda terrain. Oh, mate, Necromunda is just absolutely banging. It's so good. And um, even though I am terrible at it, and Chris, like, lays down the smackdown on me when i play i uh it's all worthwhile for when i set his models on fire and he gets upset about the blaze rule again <laughs> i love it um so yeah necromancer uh, one the one i haven't really uh jumped in on i guess is uh skies of fire so yeah. beautiful models beautiful models uh but i haven't i haven't finished painting the first one and it's a again a fantastic game, fantastic game, really great. Looks wonderful. What I have done is kept buying the books, and I will keep trying to where I can afford it, keep up with all the books because if and I'm I don't necessarily think it will happen, but if if it were to be the case that any of these games ever went away, you you would still have all of that stuff. Uh, and also, I like the thought that actually. If I wake up one day, as often happens, uh, with this crazy cool idea that I want to do Titanicus, I've got what I need, apart from miniatures. I've got some miniatures, obviously, for that. But yeah, yeah no. so I like to try and keep up with the books. So uh, I think 
what's the next one? Ha- uh, uh, House of Artifice. House is the of next Artifice is the next for Necromunda. So yeah, that's, that um, was pre-released today. We're, we're recording on Saturday, so yeah. I got the trouble is like you talk about standouts, right? Talk about standouts. There are so many. Mm. You know, I was thinking to myself just now. Oh, what 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 are my standouts? And I was like, oh yeah, flat out, uh, biker chaplain, Primaris biker chaplain. That is amazing. And then I was like, oh, but but what about the chaplain in the Indomitus box? Because he's he's brilliant. I was like, hang on a minute though. What what about the uh, the the blade guard captain, the blade guard ancient? What about the blade guard themselves? What about just that dude? That's like the defender of the Necron Overlord with that massive great gun just stood there. Yeah. What about just the Necron Warriors? They're yeah. just like because they've got like bits hanging off and falling off them, you know. And and that's before you even start to think about your big centerpieces like the Catan of the Void Dragon and the mm. Silent King and the Necron Terrain, you know. And you just think, oh my god. And then the Gladius tank as well, you know. Oh, it's just I, I could and, do oh, and, and Escher with bow and arrow. The yeah. best bit about that model is that it just makes me think of Rambo all the time. Or Tomb Raider. Or Tomb Raider, indeed. Probably more Tomb Raider, but I, I will just never forget that moment when me and you sat and watched Rambo. The, the new the, one, Rambo the 4. The new one, it? Rambo, yeah. yeah. And and I hadn't been I, I don't know if massively engaged with the Rambo series is the right way to put it, but like I, I I guess it just wasn't one of the ones that was at the top of my head or whatever top of my mind. And we started watching, and that guy, <laughs> he shot some guy with a bow and arrow in the jungle, like, and I just remember going, he just killed a dude with a bow and arrow, and I was so excited, just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I've just reeled off like all the models. And yeah, all the models. All so stand, stand out for me. Um, I got I got a few, but um, the first one is Ragnar Blackmane. But that 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 is because I think he is the is it he's, they've done Darren Nathan has done an excellent job. Let's use the name of the people who got sculpted because I think we don't do that enough of bringing Ragnar Blackmane right up to date. It is so full of energy. He looks exactly like Ragnar Blackmane. The moment you see him, all of the visual cues there. He's just full of power, and you, I love him. That's just absolutely brilliant. I'm just, in fact, I love him so much. I'm really intimidated by him. Like I, I, I almost don't want to paint him because I want to make sure that when I paint him is as good as I possibly can. But then I actually think, well, let's not do that. Let's let's paint him to my army standard. And then sit down and do the best you possibly can later, so that you've you know done one and you can sort of get break break the back of it. Actually, the second one stand out for me is was in the same box, Gaskell Thracker. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely superb, like phenomenal. I couldn't have imagined Gaskell Thracker's remake being any better than that figure. I think it's just superb, absolutely superb. Um, to the point where I just almost every time I think about him, I'm like, I'm just going to get him out and build him and paint him now because I just love him so much. He's just such a superb model. Um, 
So that's my second one. I think my third one it was the little upgrade pack for Orlock. Sealed the deal for me for Orlock. You know, with the with the jetpack guys and um, mm. the, the other ones, I forget the name. Um, but I just thought, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, it's Orlock. It's Orlock all the way for me. Um, they just ticked all of my boxes. I just loved the idea of um, of the jump packs and, and the aesthetic of the whole thing. But that was that was number three. That's my top know, three. I completely forgotten about the um, the Mechanicum stuff. Did that come yeah. out this year? It did, didn't it? With the Mechanicum horses, yeah, yeah, the Serpentus yeah. riders and the and the flyer that flyer. Oh. Oh, if that if you if that if that was in June, you'd be like, yeah, that fits. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> Wouldn't it? You would be like, it's just amazing. So yeah. Um. So so I guess I got, I got one more. Go stand on. Out. Go on. Um. The the um Lumineth Realm Lords. Oh, that's next. No, that's you next can't one. have Lumineth no, Realm Lords. No, sorry, yeah, no, that's the next. No, we're doing forty k. So no, ignore me. Yeah, I'm just thinking of my top models. Spoiler! Spoiler! So many, so many things, isn't it? I'm just overwhelmed yeah. by it. It's it's insane. Oh, and then you've got like the Inquisitor from the Psychic Awakening series. The yeah, actually, that Necron model in that. For me, is one yeah, of Illuminator Cesarus or fucking the soul out of that dude on the floor. Yeah, sinister. Mean. Like really, before then, I didn't really find Necron all that there. No, they became a lot more sinister, didn't they? In this yeah, yeah. iteration, yeah, yeah, not not nice, quite unfriendly. Really. Yeah. Um. Wow, what a lot of stuff. So, what would you like to see next year? God, mm. for me, it's a big one. Like, I mean, there's two things. I, 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 well, I've got a list, and I think some of these will be on yours. So I'm going to give you the five things that I would like to see. I'd like to see a pretty much a, a ground up infantry redo because I think the tanks are fine of guard. So maybe two or three box sets with interchangeable bits. Um, so maybe like a new Cadian box set, a new Catashan box set, and like another one. That you could you could mix and max all the all the bits in there to create different regiments. I think that would be, I think that would be brilliant. I think that's well overdue. Um, so that's number one. Number two is a similar do over of the Eldar as they've done to Necrons. I think the, yeah. I think the Eldar are in need of that. Yeah. Um, number three, Corn Berserkers. Yeah. Which I know you agree with because I, I keep seeing them pop up on my feed, the old ones, and they just don't, they just don't cut it anymore. I don't think. Um, and actually, number four is also chaos. I, I'd like to see some Slanash Space Marines. You, ba- this is basically my list. <laughs> <laughs> Slanash Space Marines, um, and the and the last one is uh, is Orc Boys, New Orc Boys. That's so funny. That is literally what was going through my head. With yeah. those things, those five things, and I think if they if they did those five things, then actually, forty k would be in a really really good place. Then miniature wise, like everything would be at a really good level. I mean, this 
there's some armies that haven't had some some core stuff done in a, in a while like the Tau. um their their fire warriors are pretty much the same but i think they're actually really good models and they fit fine they were <laughs> updated weren't they when they they're not the original originals no, although they look the very similar um they were updated but i think yeah i think those five things would be my my key ones so the guard um the, the orc boys eldar redo um corn berserkers and slanesh slanesh marines um of some description i think noise marines now nah. um i think they're an elite unit and i think they should get the same treatment as say like the obliterators although i'd like i think obliterators could do with their own separate box set anyway but um yeah caught the corn berserkers and i think it's it'd be nice if they created a sort of slanesh marine that um that equates to the you know like the plague marine the corn berserker the um the walking funeral urns whatever they call themselves um well that is supposed to be noise marine no the thousand suns yeah yeah yeah, no no i know what yeah yeah the noise marine is just a little bit too i think they're a little bit too elite i I want a kind of squad of them you know like a 10-man squad of rank and file slanesh marines Mm. um not that i'd ever collect them i just like to play against them no so slanesh slanesh marines are up there on i I think would be great to see i think what would be nice is to see and you touched on it then with the obliterators but things like the obliterators and the venom crawler find their way into multi-part plastic kit form um because they're lovely and they and they would really benefit from that i think they'd really benefit from that um obviously i'm gonna say corn berserkers Uh, but i do i i genuinely wouldn't be uh upset if they did slanesh first because i think i think they need it so bad like the corn berserkers with cutting and sticking and and other models in the range you can make some passable corn berserkers but i think the slanesh is is not so much so so definitely slanesh um and yeah, I mean, I I, I I echo you on boys, definitely echo you on guard. I'm just sort of going through in my head all the different different ranges. And the Eldar, like you say, would be good. I just need to be careful with the Eldar because I think like the Falcon, for example, is just beautiful. And it will always be beautiful. Yeah, but they could redo it and keep the spirit of it. And the Falcon came out, I think... Oh, God. Issue 217 of White Dwarf. Yeah. Which is 1997. Three years after I started. 1997. Yeah. 23 years ago. Yeah. That's a long I time. It is a long time. and But that just goes to show how well Jess did sculpt in the damn thing in the first place. It just stood the test of time, literally. Um, you know, when you put it on a battlefield, I don't think... It's not one of the parts of the Elder Army that I look at and think, oh, that could do with a new one, actually. If they didn't touch the Grav Tank, I don't think I'd be too bothered. It's the same with the Dire Avengers. If they didn't touch them, I wouldn't be too bothered. But I think the Guardians... I love the Guardians. All of the aspect. Well, yeah, but you could keep the same aesthetic, but it just improved the plastic kit. Well, yeah, they are a bit mental. 
like their their legs are two separate legs. Yes. There yeah. was a period of time where that kept that sort of happened, and it was a bit like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> yeah, but like all of the all of the aspects just need an overhaul. I mean, it's just I do not understand why things like the shining spears did not get done when they did the, the did the jet bikes. Yeah, and the, the elite jet bikers are on the jet bike that was released th- literally thirty years ago. <laughs> 27 years ago it's madness we've talked about the main 40k range but of course things like battlefleet gothic um to be honest i i'm almost like and i don't really want to say this out loud but i'm almost like i would be okay if it wasn't this year coming because <laughs> i've got lots to do like and i really really want to see gothic i really do i think it would be ace if they did like um an, an enforcer like car slash tank thing like wheeled enforcer no commander yeah. yeah how sweet would that be that would be no, nice to see even better than that enforcers on motorbikes yeah well yeah <laughs> yeah you do yeah just fully go for it yeah um just drop any illusion that we're not that they're not like cut from the same cloth yeah because we all know they are that, that... and as they should do because back when when Judge Dredd was in its infancy and Games Workshop was in its infancy, they there was so much crossover between the two worlds, like cross-writing, the same writers, the same thought processes were going in and the same influences. So, you know, I think it's fine for Games Workshop to say, you know, we came from the place, we came from the same place as this. This or well, this came from the same place as us. I guess uh, the important thing is they they just have to. You've got the legalities, haven't you? If I yeah, yeah. But I think I don't think they need to have much of a problem with that, considering, like I said, that there is so much of a crossover in those early days. The yeah. enforcers, the enforcers, are just part of forty k culture. Realistically, yeah. Cool. Right. Age of Sigma. I'm well, really excited to do the worlds. same for. I, I'm really excited to do the same for Mortal Realms. That's why I want to like get into Mortal Realms now. So, as so, long as I don't mention 40k models in in the just to get no, too carried away. We're talking about like the new Primaris army in the middle of the Mortal Realms. <laughs> what, 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 what is going on? Yeah. Okay. So, guys, thank you for joining us for that. A very whistle stop. Um, be great to know actually uh, what your favourite 40k models are. Um, or have been so we'll uh or not just models your favorite things about 40k this year and what you would like to see yeah and don't be sneaky and sneak in a grumble on the end either i'd love primaris if they weren't so expensive like that that's my impression (laughs) My, my what not to do cool guys join us in the mortal realm Hi guys, and uh, it's we're back in the mortal realms, um, refreshed and ready to go. Um, and we're going to pretty much do the same as we did for the 40k section, as it's the last episode of the year. It's it's a good time to look back at all the goodies of 2020, 
and also look about what we what we would like to see for 2021 or in fact in the mortal realms in general really because you know pre- pretty much this oh we'll start with a lot of what we talked about has actually come true when we've sat and done these in the past and gone oh, i'd love to see that for mortal realms a lot of it's happened realistically um which is really exciting really really exciting i mean I I think that the the Age of Sigma is moving a lot faster in a lot of ways than I expected it to. Mm. I don't know about yourself. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, I think... So things like the Lumineth, you know, and the Ideneth and stuff like that, where they've taken a faction and they're breaking it apart more. Yeah. Um... We saw a lot of that in the beginning, and then it, and then they sort of started amalgamating things a bit, and now we're breaking it apart again. So, so I've made, I've written here, Lumineth, Sons of Behemoth, was the two yes. big army ones, um, and then obviously we've had Catacombs for Warcry. I think Dire Chasm is this weekend on, yes, today for Underworlds. Um, so yeah, that that's been. And then, of course, we've got New Blood Bowl. Um, yeah. In the yeah. fantasy vein. Uh, I'll tell you what we haven't seen for a while, and I appreciate this isn't Mortal Rounds, but not seen much mention of this Old World project. No. Very little. Very quiet. So, don't know what's going on there. But, um, yeah, so Lumineth, you got your pointy elves, Benjamin. I got my pointy elves. And yeah. they came with some crazy-ass helmets. Yep, they did come with some insane helmets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm uh, overall, I'm I'm really happy with the Lumina. Like, just love the look of them as an army. There's the odd odd. I think one of the things that's really hard here. I'm going to caveat everything I'm about to say with this statement is that when you love an army as much as I love the High Elves, then you're you're going to come stuck if you expect them to produce something that is just high elves 1.2. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not going to work. Um, and there's some elements of them, which are just a hundred percent high elves, like the, the spearmen or pikemen, because those spears are flipping mental long, um, are just gorgeous. And they're so, and the, and the cavalry have all of those like, high elf bits about them don't they i mean like you could get those spearmen rank them up for warmer fantasy battle and i'd be happy with that no problem at all um but yeah like the hammer guys bit of a i think that's a bit of a curveball and the cow beast was a bit of a curveball oh my um, god but isn't it beautiful i love that are but- they the stone heart king the more i see it i just love it yeah it's one of those things that when i first saw the uh, I forget the name of them, like the ham- the hammer wielders with the jaw hammers, and the, you know, I wasn't like massively excited about them. But the more I see them, the more I think, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There is so much room in Age of Sigma for crazy ass helmets on on elves. We have crazy ass helmets on everything else, so why not crazy ass helmets on elves? Um, really, yeah, so I'm really, I overall really excited about them just a bit sad that 
I didn't have the brain space or the time to get stuck into them straight away. I'm you know, really it's interesting that. that as well, because I, I, I reflect on that with them. Um, so like if they bought out something new for corn tomorrow for age of Sigma. Yeah. Would you be able to get on with it? Would, would I be able to jump? In? I mean, to be fair, I did when they did the book before I, I bought the, like the spells and wizards tower straight away and got them done. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would, but yeah, I, I like the Lumineff dude. But it's like the Sons of Bema. There's a good, there's an example for me. So I was really excited about them. Really excited about getting one of those giants and putting in my corn army. But yeah. when it came out, I just wasn't in, I was doing something else. I don't even know what I was doing, but it wasn't buying and painting a Son of Bema, massive ass giant. <laughs> Mega Gargan. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a stunning kit. You know, one, one kit, three completely different outcomes like completely different, not even remotely the same. I, I just, and what people have been doing with it just proves how, how versatile, it's just a phenomenal kit. It's such a, just such a strong release for Age of Sigma. That is, um, and it's a really good addition to, to um, the, the destruction side. So destruction now have this, this really, this fantastic range of armies. Mm. You've gone from, you go from like the gloom spike, gloom spike gits where you've got that that horde army with loads of little dudes, weird funky stuff, um, some quite hard hitting units like squig hoppers and things like that. But really, it is realistically a horde army. And then you've got like sitting in the middle, you got your iron jaws, and then your ogres, and then your sons of Bayamut. So you've got this range of four armies that literally covers probably done on purpose to be honest <laughs> like covers that what do i want to have out of my destruction army do i want to have low model count hard hitters or do i want to just swarm people or do i want to go for a generic destruction army and merge them all together and go for that i think um i think there's a lot i think destruction is in a really good place now because of that behemoth release it's just it's a great great range yeah. um, of options um that i don't think you get in the order for example, I mean, Stormcast are relatively hard hitting, low point costs, but you don't get like, unless you took a dragon army, but there's only really one model for that. I think it doesn't have the same sort of across the board. Yeah, I mean, Caradron, you've got some big individual models, um, but but I do, I don't, none of that takes away from, you're absolutely right, the destru destruction range is so nice. With lots of options for um for everybody, so yeah, it's it's great. Um, and I the books had... have been written such a way that you get different playstyles within those different armies. So they really yeah, have, yeah. Like, so many playstyles to play with destruction now. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, sadly, because of the lockdown, I haven't had the chance to play Catacombs. Um. I don't even know if Chris picked it up in the end. Actually, I don't think he did. But it looked great. Um shame not to play it but then that's just the name of the game isn't it at the moment um and diachasm I've, I've definitely not played i don't know that i'll jump in on diachasm um i bought the last one which i can't remember the name of but beast grave, it, beast grave but i haven't made the models uh, i haven't even played it i don't think um they're wonderful models and i think it's one of those that 
I'm drawn to it because it's it doesn't take up a lot of space and it's quick, but actually it's a bit of a lie because you do need to, if you want to get the most out of it, you need to put quite a lot in because you have to get, you know, you need to be getting all the cards, but then also you need to be playing regularly to try and remember the cards and build the decks and et cetera, et cetera. So Underworlds has taught me a very big, hard lesson. (laughs) I am absolutely awful at deck building um, and I'm absolutely awful at deck games. So, um, but my my draw to Underworlds is those small little units that you can dip into um, the different races. And I really like to buy the boxes just so I've got a little bit of everything um, mm. to, that I can paint if I just took, if it took my fancy. Um, I don't even feel like I need to paint them all. It's just nice to know. But if I wanted to paint a, um, a fire warrior, um, a uh, a dwarf, a fire dwarf, whatever they're called, fire slayer, <laughs> fire slayer, that <laughs> uh, uh, I've got four of them in my box ready to go. You know, assembled, undercoated, ready to go. Um, Obviously, I'm a big, big fan of those ranges. I'm like, hmm. I cannot express, and they're in my top five. The Iron Jaws Underworld box set. Mm. Those three bad boys, um, those three um, brutes are just banging, absolutely superb. Mm. And the Goblin Wolf Riders. So actually, those two are on my top five. Yeah, 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 you're right. They're wonderful. Um, So I was just thinking then, um, obviously, mostly we've just seen a glimpse of them probably for January, but the new Slaneshi stuff. That oh, yeah. Slanesh Lord guy that's in the Pleasure and Pain or whatever it's called box got a bit, I think that's probably my top model of this it's year. It's pretty close. Yeah. I think Sigvold is my top box. Oh, model. yeah, Sigvold. Oh, my goodness. He gets an extra point for his video, though. Yes. It's just beautiful. Um, so I do my top five and then you do your top five. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. yeah, okay. So I've got Sigvold as my number one. Because yeah. I think that as a model, it's just outstanding. Um, the rest are in no particular order, so I don't think the wolf. I don't think the wolf riders are actually 2020. I think they were just at the end of 2019. So um, the iron, the iron jaw brutes for Underworlds, absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. The sons of Behemoth um, giant, absolutely love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, the Lumineth Realm Lord Spearman is my number four, um, and then the the Silanesh Lord is in in on my top five too. But that's my five, mm. and I think um, I think they're really strong models, and I think uh, some of those we'll see time and time again in uh, painted competitions because they're just they're just superb. Now, how many people have you seen paint that Iron Jaws brute? You know the, the Warband leader on an Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like once a week, somebody does a fantastic paint job on it. Brilliant. Do you know, I lose track of what's come out when as well. There's just so much coming out. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure the Goblins are under 2019 because I was putting them together at the start of 2020. Yeah. Not sure, though. 
So I think that, oh, it's really hard. The Slanesh guy is is my top, I've decided. Probably then the the, the giant, I reckon, because that is just amazing. That is, is just, just just awesome. Um, I reckon probably the warband leader for the flame dudes. I always call them the flame dudes. Um, from Warcry, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Signs of the flame. Or, That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? Why are you remembering and I can't remember? So That's yeah. what happens. I I forget. You remember what I'm talking about. You forget. I remember what you're talking yeah. about. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's absolutely cracking. And to be honest, there are a couple of miniatures in the elves that that would be up there as well. Yeah. Um Second that. Really like those. And even a couple of the little bits of scenery that come in there are really cool. Um, really, really cool. Um, Luminous Spearman, I, I got the light of Ilfarian. Therian, that, that is just brilliant. Yes, it is. is I just... think the only reason he's not in my top five is because the Spearman are. Yeah, and yeah. They, they were just such a bullseye for me. Yeah. 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 There's some really good stuff, isn't there? There is. I just love it. So what are you looking forward to for 2021 then? What would you like to see? Corn berserkers. (laughs) (laughs) You've got enough corn for Age of Sigma. I I would like to see... Well, I'm really excited to see what we get for the Slanesh. I think think what would be nice is to see... So... I don't know, because... I know there's a risk, obviously. You don't want every faction to be the same, but like... So it looks like Slanesh are going to get sort of medium level infantry yeah. with this release so so Mortals. yeah so when you think about like zinch you've got the acolytes haven't you yeah and then for for corn you've got the blood reavers right yeah it would be great to see new marauders for slaves of darkness yes um but equally, it would be it would be nice to see like that level of troop, maybe for Nurgle and for Slanesh. Do you not think that the uh, Slaves to Darkness Warcry boxes cover that? No, I I don't really because I feel that they're cool, but their aesthetic is quite. I I feel like I'd like a more generic barbarian barbarian now i i think the spire tyrants are close but the box sets don't allow for a huge amount of customization without a lot of work um yeah or have enough so it's not you don't have to have loads of customization but but like the blood reaver models are are brilliant they're really good the ones just the box the the multi-part kit it's really good. So it'd be nice to see that. It would be nice to see that mid-level. So uh, again, we're talking sort of Wrathmonger slash Rockbringer or, or a Blight Lord, sorry, level character. But for Zinch, so like something cool like that. You kind of do with the Zangors. Yeah. And the, and the Disc Riders. And, and I guess that's where where the where it mixes up a bit. I just like the Mortals. That, that's the thing. So uh, Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think... Um... I think the mortals and chaos are what make chaos chaos. 
I know that sounds daft, but the de- the demons are all well and good, but you know the the humans that have gone and elves and dwarves that have gone to With the dark the side, is it? Yeah, they, they. I think they. And that's one of the things I love about Warcry is that you have the elves and the dwarves now. It's not just humans that have gone bonkers. Yeah. So, so I know you know. Don't get me wrong. Chaos has got loads of stuff. Uh, they've got some fantastic models. I think I just think there are some little holes in the range that would be nice to be see them see them sort of filled up. Um, I think it would be nice to see like the Caradron um, and the. Um, Ideneth, for example, get a couple of things, um, extras mm. to the range, fill, fill them out a bit. Um, but the thing with the Mortal Realms, though, is in a way, weirdly, more than 40k because there's so much in 40k, uh, space for it. But I'm quite happy just to see what curveballs come hammering out of the wastelands you know anything anything can be living in the mortal realms you know yeah stuff i think i think you know it would be lovely to see iron jaws get more uh i would like to see all of them you know it's nice to see all of them get more it would be nice to see the cities of sigma get some like more kind of mortal realms-esque infantry I mean that's my big one. That that's actually my only real thing that I'd like to see. You hit the nail on the head, really, when it comes to it. The mortal realms have had a cull of all the miniatures that were old, didn't get used, or were not selling. And in forty k, those ranges are still there and in need of a redo. The Eldar and the Guard are two really good examples, but the actually the mortal realms model ranges have. Are superb really there's no dead weight in there apart from in my opinion the cities of sigma the mm. cities of sigma for me feel like they need a really good solid um model release set of models to start pulling all of that stuff together so like mortal troops you know like really distinct mortal troops that fit the age of sigma um and that like they look like they're marching out of you know, one of those massive cities, mm. you know, of order. They look like a real thing um, because they're, they're so cool in the books. Mm. When you read about, like, the armies coming from the different states and they're all, you know, gathering together to 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 defend... Um, oh, what's the one that bridges two, two realms? Hammerhall. Um, in, in the Go Trek and Feel It, or the Go Trek book, they're all gathering to Hammerhall because they know there's going to be an, an attack... Um, on the way and you know you you hear about three or four different regiments and they're all they're all so different and they're so awesome you know like there's the try there's the warriors that sound like maasai warriors but like in yeah, plate they're, they're amazing um and there's like oh there's so many ideas that you could have with it and i think i think for me tidying up those cities the cities of sigma is is got to be 2021's main objective to have like normal elves, normal dwarves, normal humans that all live together in cities and have a good box set of each so that people can really make them their own, I think would be my big one. My biggest thing I'd like to see is um, is another quest. 
uh, a Warhammer quest. Yeah, because we don't um, have one now, do we? No, and, and and I'd love to see another fantasy one. There's something about... I enjoyed Blackstone Fortress. I played through it with Chris, and I did enjoy it, and it was wonderful to see little things explored and the excuse to make, like, traitor chaos, which makes me think that's what we need in 40K, is traitor guard, um, proper army. But anyway, uh, it was nice to see all of that. That was great, but there's something about dungeon crawling that just fits right old in fantasy in there yeah absolutely it's just it just and and i yeah i just that's what i want to see i'd love to see that even though chris has written probably four or five different rule sets for dungeon crawling this year until he can sculpt as well like the studio for me then it's not good enough he needs to up his game so so yeah another quest that's uh i think i agree with that i think another quest would be awesome and i got i can feel it coming as well because we don't have um the hammer hall one anymore and we don't have silver tower anymore um and i think they've been focusing on blackstone fortress which is is actually really disappointing 2020 is i think done blackstone fortress no favours at all, because a lot of those add-on packs, I don't think they've been able to keep up with production, because a mm. lot of them had card content, and I think that's been something that they've struggled to get hold of. You know, the one with the Zoe is gone. Yeah. Um, which is just shocking, really. I hope I hope there's... <laughs> I might say shocking. I mean, we've only just had it. And, um, and I feel like I'd be absolutely gutted if that model didn't come back in some way. Like, yeah, genuinely yeah. gutted. The same with the Traitor Command box set. Because um, the, the, the Ogrin and the Commissar and that are just fabulous. And, you know, it would be nice to have those as separate models. And um, and, and, and expanding that out further, the, the Rogue Trader box set. You know, yeah. there's lots of these box sets that are gone with models that are just absolutely stupendous. And Silver Tower and, um, and the Shadows and Hamhole not quite so bad because a lot of those models are available separately now. Mm. You know, you can get them separately. But when we when we lose box sets and don't get replacement, it's a bit gutting. Which I feel like Blackstone Fortress has been really hit by this year. But I think you're right. Warhammer Quest, it feels like a 2021 one, that does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what and we I think, need. And I think having six more adventurers superbly sculpted adventurers to have as add-ons to the other armies yeah yeah that'd be great that would be great well okay good so um as before let us know what you'd like to see that'd be good other than we'll we'll do some posts so try and collate that together um would be really cool we'll see what next year brings on that note though we are now going to go into sort of a roundup of the community for the year that could uh could be a long one but uh there's too many awesome of you <laughs> bit of good english there i was gonna say is that even is that even a sentence probably not that's the darkness mm-hmm. of 2020 warping my speech yeah cool <laughs> okay um i am gonna go and grab some refreshments and uh <laughs> we will see you in the community
Hail, glorious community. Well done for surviving all the way through to this part of the year. Um, hopefully thriving on some hobby awesome. So, shout outs, Mr. Hall. I've got loads this week. Um, been really excited um, picking off the, the, the ones that have sh- shown up that have really caught my attention. Um, I'm going to start with one, um, which is a YouTube channel, but it's called Yuan Hidalgo Miniatures. Um, so J-U-A-N H-I-D-A-L-G-O Miniatures. And um, <clears throat> his channel uh, is a painting, how to paint channel, um, all free content. And it, there, it, there's two things about it I really love. So the first one is that the painting videos in and of themselves are really great. Um, but the second one is he's done a series called Evie Contrast. Um, and there's Evie Contrast for loads of stuff. And it's, it's a series about using contrast to get quick and beautiful results. So like almost how they were intended, but like to a high level. Mm-hmm. So he'll use them as the base coat and then go from there, um, for example. And um, they, apart from the fact that the guy could narrate my life, his voice is just, it's just wonderful. <laughs> his accent is fantastic. Um, and so I just enjoy listening to him. Um, but he's got a great sense of humour. The videos are fantastic. Um, and the, the, the Every Contrast series is really, really good. Um, and I watched... a. Uh, a couple of his um, NMM videos. We did an NMM, and I watched the How to Paint Gold NMM Darren Nathan style video, um, and How to Paint Purple NMM, NMM Armor. It's a bit of a mouthful to say in a podcast, but non metamatic Armor. Um, great. It's a great channel. Really, really love it. Um, I've spent an absurd amount of time this week watching um, videos from that channel, uh, and uh, videos from the Little Legend pod, um, Patreon that I might have accidentally signed up for. Um, and I'm loving. Right, so next on to Instagram. So the first one is uh, a bit of a curveball, but I, I, I've sent you these links. Have you, do you want to open them as we go, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So the first one is Rena Velikor. Uh, Rena underscore Velico. Now, she's not a hobbyist in the traditional sense of 40k hobbyist. She's a hobbyist in the traditional broader sense of the word. And she uses polymer clay, she calls herself a polymer clay witch, to make just the most incredible little miniatures. Um, normally food, which is <laughs> probably a core. But essentially, the, fir- the one that caught my eye is she's done a little wooden board with a pizza on, and the pizza is the st- size of a thumbnail, and it's so realistic that it looks like you could just pick it up and eat it. <laughs> it's absolutely superb. And going through what she's been doing and what she's made and watching her videos on how she's done it, there is so much we could learn about making our hobby, things for our hobby, from watching these videos. Absolutely brilliant. Like a real hobby resource. So... Um, and we're just scrolling down in the first few things. She's Please, got can you tell me this the hashtag again? The name? Yeah, uh, it's Rena underscore uh, Velikor. But Rena spelled R I N A. R I N A. Oh, there it is. 
That's <laughs> incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Little egg, um, poached egg frittata is a most recent food one, I think. Um, in, in a little sauce. It's just amazing. Um, they are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, it really is. So it's just fantastic. Um, and like I said, there's plenty we could learn from for our hobby from this, this sort of stuff. So mm. that's why I've included it. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. Right, number two on the list. Dan's clearly not... Um, not opening my list that I said it is uh, Thunderwolfen. Now, Thunderwolfen um, is a chap who's been made a custom channel, custom chapter called the. Sword I really Sword. like when I was looking at that earlier. I, I, I love it. I love the guy with the big mace. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite cool actually, just opening up the link and and seeing the cool conversions he'd done. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's heavy green stuff conversions um, on this. I, I, and he's very good at, like, getting the character that he wants into the models. Um, he he mentioned recently that he's only done uh, 30-something models this year, um, but each one of them takes an awful lot of time, and I can understand why. And they're, they're a really unique, magnificent little force, and... I've spent a lot of time zooming in and looking at the details. It's great. They really are great. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And they, I love the techno barbarian aesthetic for that you can get in some space Marines um, forces. Like this is one of the reasons I like the space force because the, because of the techno barbarian aesthetic. I love the fact that they're right up there on the cutting edge of technology, but they've, they've just retained so much of the culture of where they've come from. Um, I think it's fantastic. It's a fantastic account, and if you, um, if you, if you haven't, I would go and follow it. I'm always really impressed. Like, and I and I get this like with uh, some of the stuff you do as well. Like, by how people like they they look at a model and they imagine a pose and they create these. But and I just I don't know. I I've got some that are cool, but I'm just always amazed by like I'm looking at this Thunderhammer guy that he's done, and it's. It's just an awesome, awesome idea of how to like do it. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. so that's him. Um, no, no, not at all. The next one is Correct Amundo Brushworks. Um, Correct Amundo underscore Brushworks. Um, this one, because uh, I stumbled across him recently um, for one of his World Eater. Uh, conversions and paint jobs, uh, which was a, a possessed, I think, greater possessed, and then just found his world eater stuff to be. It's a thirty k world eater stuff. It's just superb, absolutely superb. Um, he's also done Death Guard um, and a couple of Mechanicum stuff in there, but in fact, you know, scrolling further back, he's done he's done loads of different things. Like there's um, some Krieg in there, to, just brilliant Those world eaters are amazing <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um, oh my gosh those death guard are amazing as well yeah and yeah. it's just it's all done in the style that i'm really starting to think i would like to become my style so that sort of realistic 
you know, not not heavily edge highlighted, but you know, you can sell that there's some sensible decisions being made here to to make a realistic looking model without mm. spending billions of hours on it. Um, the Krieg are just a superb. They're exactly the aesthetic I want from my guard army. So yeah, correct to Monday Brushworks, superb, absolutely fantastic. Um, next on the list is uh, Snotling Discotech. Yeah. Um, so Snotling Discotech, um, I, I've been following for a little while working at the work he he does, or he or she, I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Um, and what I love about Snotling Discotech is the colours. There is just a, such awesome decisions made with the colours that he... They, they choose to have on their model that, that I just wouldn't choose. I would no way choose to, choose to use them. And yet they work so well. Um, it actually makes me stop and think that I have, I could do better at understanding my color theory because I mean, his pox Walker is the influence for exactly what I was talking about earlier about having those mental colors in the Nurgle army um, that that just look amazing, and you can pull them all together. Um, in fact, it's Poxwalker. He's done like through the years, and I think you know, even like really early on, where his models, their their models are just so colourful. <laughs> they really catch me every time I they come up on my feed. He's also um, painted an egg to look like a beaky space marine helmet. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's excellent. So yeah, cracking, love it. Um, please go and have a look. And he's also also painted the Logan Grimler on a chariot, which wicked needs to be done because it's a superb model. Everyone makes mistakes, even if it's as odd as it comes. Oh, it dude, superb. have you seen his Lamenters Terminator captain? No. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is lovely. Lovely jabbly. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Um, so that's not in discotech. Um discotech is exactly the right name because it's all it's all a bit crazy and fantastic. Yeah. Love yeah, it. It's really well, doesn't it? Um and the last but not least is one that I haven't shared with you, Dan, because I, I just saw it downstairs um while I was eating my dinner. Um well after I was eating my dinner, I don't I'm not on my phone when I ate my dinner. Let's clarify that. Um it's Bobo, Bobo's Hobby, B-O-B-O-S-H-O-B-B-Y, Bobo's Hobby. Now, Bobo has just finished putting together a modular Space Hulk board made of bits and gubbins. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's it's illuminated, it's, it's lit. It's got glow-in-the-dark stuff for blood that glows when you turn the lights off. He's done a Terminator um, a teleporter marker with a flashing LED on it, which just absolutely blew my biscuit. Um, he's done, I think, uh, I may or may not be right on this, but I think he's done an electrified um, like dashboard panel f- for the Space Hulk, you know, with all the the, the markers that you use for ammunition and that so mm-hmm. oh yeah just <laughs> yes 
so much yes in this account. Um, it's it's brilliant. I, I mean, thrown in there, of course, is you know, is the exceptional hob. There's a like one of the things he's done earlier. I can't find it now. Is he's used? Um, oh, there it is. He's used John Blanche's Dark Millennium playing cards to uh, as the paintings in windows for one of the corridors. Oh yes, That's so good. Yeah. If um if I thought to buy a second pack when they were re-released cheaper um, recently. I'd definitely be doing that, but I'm not wasting my my original pack on them. Yeah, but it's nothing to stop you photocopying them. No, that is very true. Yeah, that's Or even true. better, scan them in. So then you've got the images forever, haven't you? There's a library room somewhere further on that as well with all the, like, the things on the floor and there's chairs and bookcases and it's just superb. It's just brilliant. Um, yeah, so in love with that. I, I want that. Um, I want that space hog board. Like, yeah, it's a hobby goal. It is amazing. Mm. So Bobo's hobby, everyone. That's a that's my last one on my list. Very right, Mr. Johnny, would you like to do the? Um... Yeah. So um, the hobby group rolls ever onwards. Um, obviously, having been a month since we looked through it there's lots of cool stuff on there i just wanted to pick out um rich nutter's um war band from underworlds um the uh i can't remember what they're called ben but they're the sylvan f one uh just oh, because yeah, it's yeah. got loads of color on it and, and it's kind of, kind of harking back to what you were saying about snotling discotheque and how much you like that so i think i that's really nice really nice yeah. Uh, Rich, I, I think that's superb, mate. Um, it, it goes without saying that there's loads of great stuff on. John Payne has done the new Bugman, which is a wonderful yeah. model, really nice. And um, I commented on on Pete Allison's uh, work on the red armor on his Ambot, um, and it's 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 always quite cool to see that much effort going into that because because actually, if I was to do an Ambot. I'd be starting off silver and I would be going mental with like typhus corrosion and rust and just throwing all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's lovely to see that. And um, then this strange bloke called Ben's done some sculpting. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, there was something else I wanted to point out. Uh, Needless to say, guys, it was so grateful, so grateful that you use the page and, and post your things on here. Really cool. Ian Craig's Celestial Vindicator, um, Lord Relictor. Oh. Very nice. Ian Craig's hobby output is blistering. I, I also thought, I have to say, so Tom Drinkwater has put one of the new ATVs on a base and blended it in, and I think that looks much better on a base. <laughs> I do tend to go for things on bases, though. I do like that. Um, obviously, Ed ha- pointing out the, the obvious third character in the 2P's logo as well in, in your computer. Um, so that was good to see. Um, yeah. Which was nice. And and I needed to finish off Dave's Caradron. Oh, my goodness. He just posts them up every now and then. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. So yeah. 
so yeah some wonderful stuff in there and, and with the new year coming um we we ought to revisit the competitions really um we are we yeah, have been discussing got out, like got what, out, just got away from us really yeah I, I i guess it would be pretty cool to visit like obviously games workshop's doing its new year new army thing and i've already spoken about that but um certainly it would be good to know what sort of projects you guys are looking at doing and and uh what you'd like to do in 2021 um so we'll get a we'll get a post up about that in the in the hobby group but in the meantime please you know throw throw on there post in there that what what are your plans for 2021 um be lovely to see and, mm-hmm. and maybe even set yourself a challenge and a goal and just chuck it in there you know i want to finish this project or that project i'd love to get my titanicus up together 2021 for example yeah that's good uh, yeah clearly yeah clearly no massive long list of events um still not really seeing those as such um but hopefully we will come mid sort of 2021 definite congratulations to cult of paint because they're regard um funded uh, really well and they're actually shortly going to be launching the pledge manager yeah that's that's awesome isn't it it's nice to see that fully funded um because yeah. I, I just i can't wait to um to see what comes next so the, sort of what henry was talking about was so exciting about what they want to go with that project in the future um because what, what i what i love about it is that they've been made with a lot of them have been made with a painter's mind as to what what they could use those models to teach people with and what you could use as models to practice with. So I'm really excited about it. Really excited about it. Yeah, I really like um, that. We'd definitely be yeah. interested in talking more about Kickstarters, guys. So if you know of any coming up or any have tickled your fancy, let us know. We'd love to have people on. Interestingly, actually, that's important. That's fairly valid to the community. So what we're hoping to do i think we may have said before is do an episode with ben and i and then do an episode with a guest and then ben and i and then a guest over the coming year um so our next episode uh, we've got booked in to talk to james otero from siege studios so that'd be really interesting to hear about a bit more about commission painting and and the approach to take uh yeah. that he takes and um, with siege um and then We've got Rob from Pro Painted podcast coming on. Um, yeah, Rob a month also. after that, so that'll be fantastic. What a hobbyist! So yeah, we've, we've, also, we've also got uh, we've also got Valbjorn. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So, the, so much to inspire me. Yeah, we've got we've got a few. So you know, eventually we will both be supplanted, I suppose. Yeah. Surplus. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, a bit shorter community section, but we are going to go now into the wilds where we're going to talk a bit about life as a parenting hobbyist. <laughs> Madness, I tell you. It is, yeah. Guys, we will see you in what really is a wild place. <laughs> <laughs>
Hi guys, um, and welcome to Into the Wilds, where it really is going to be uh, a wild one, uh, full of rugrats and crazy anecdotes. But um, we have, from the inception of this podcast, been um, been hobby parents at various different stages in in that journey. So um, for me, when I first started, I had. Um, a little boy who was oh, must have been first started back in so I started this podcast. Um, been uh, five, I think, four or five, um, and we just had our little girl arrive um, at the time, and um, so I was challenged. Uh, you know, the challenge for me at that time was fitting having a second child in the house, which is a completely different experience from having the first one in my in my experience. Um, and and Dan, I think you know, uh, Josh, you might have only just been born when we started this podcast. I think he was. He might have been. I think he just one. One. And then um, Hannah wasn't here. No. So that was, we both had young ones. We started, and then uh, and then gained the second one along the journey. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's been challenging um at times to to fit hobby in. And a lot of what we talk about is about getting on with life um and and fitting a hobby around around that. And I think from from the outset of this from this conversation, I'd like to say that you know one of the things, the biggest things about being hobby parents is that you have to, you know, get one thing straight. The being a parent is all and um you, you've got you've got to manage your expectations big time because everything is going to change and um it's about it's about being clever with your hobby to fit around the kids um and not fitting the kids around your hobby i know that sounds like a really ridiculous thing to say off the bat but i do sometimes see people online talking about it in the reverse way um and I don't think that that's a healthy way to look at it. It's my first, my first thoughts, Dan. I don't know about you. Uh, I think it's a really challenging situation. So I think not to get carried away, but I would say I've been in that place, and um, it does. It just ends up breaking your brain really uh and yeah i think i think what's hard especially with a hobby that and and often this is the case with hobbies but certainly warhammer and games workshop you you know it becomes such a massive part of your life or is a massive part you know the majority of the people i know now uh, and 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 regularly talk to is through this hobby um ultimately my job which brought me to bristol which brought me to harriet is all my hobby it's my downtime it's how i unwind it's really important to me really important to me and actually sometimes it can be really tough to um get the balance because actually so are my family obviously really really important to me um but i think sometimes there can be this view of well, it's just it's just playing with toy soldiers, so obviously it's more important than your than 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 your family. Uh, sorry, it's not as important as your family, but I think you cannot 
understate how important a part of you any hobby could be and the reason i say that is like you see it i see it on facebook uh where people just go right and they just drop it completely and they get rid of everything or they're talking about partners or whatever being like well you can't have time doing that you can't have time doing that but it it is part of you and it and it is it is about managing expectations you're right in it in it and and ultimately you know uh striking a balance because for me i know that and this is going to sound perhaps over the top and you might think oh what's she talking about but i am a better person to be around if i have been given the time to unwind and do some painting because it's the thing that i use to regenerate it's 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 how i feel better it's how i unwind so i am a better dad for the kids if I get some of that time and, and that's yeah, yeah, not to say it's really easy to get that time. And, and it takes a lot of hard work from, from Harriet as well, my wife, Harriet. Um, and it has taken us a long time, you know, uh, Joshua's uh, f- four and a half now. And b- by no means have we got it perfect by no means, but it, it's taken a lot of time and compromise for us to get to a place where one Harriet understands how important it is, but also I understand how, where it sits in the, in the importance as well. So, you know, I have lots of other responsibilities ahead of my hobbying. Um, and to be honest, the most enjoyable moments are when you can get the kids involved I've got a little video on my phone of Hannah just pulling paints off my paint rack and shaking them and putting them back. Yeah. And it's just magic. It's just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, the, the only reason I say that uh, I've put that big preamble in there or, or that big conversation is uh, just be, be wary of people being dismissive about things that are important to you. That that's my point. And I'm not saying yes. this has been the case for me, but yeah. Parents, yeah, your parents, parents-in-law, partners, partners, friends. People can be dismissive about your hobbies. You know, well, you've got to take life seriously. You've got responsibilities now. You've got children. Yes, you do. But you also need to look after yourself. Really important to be the best person you can be. This is very important. Yeah, I, I had a real low moment one Christmas. Um, one Christmas where... Uh, one of the members of my family um, told me I needed to grow up because of the um, the things I'd got for Christmas, which were, were hobby related. And uh, I just spent a very, very difficult shift on ED with a very, very bad trauma that I'm not going to repeat the details here because it, it's just it was just horrendous. Um, and it hit me in the gut, that comment, because it felt like this this hobby is how I deal with all of that. And don't, no one has any right to tell you otherwise that it's, that it's, it's not grown up or whatever it is, because it's nonsense. It, how, we, how you deal with things is really important. And, and for me, it was this hobby, and it still is. Um, so you're absolutely right there, Dan, I think, you, you know, 
be wary of the people who tell you otherwise. But I think one of the caveats before we really get stuck into this is that um, Dan and I are nowhere near experts on this. <laughs> I, I really, no. <laughs> we were no. still novice. No. You know, and I don't think you will ever come across anyone it is. And a lot about what we're talking about or going to talk about has come from the fantastic influx of messages and comments that we've had when we've asked other hobby parents about how they cope and deal with things. Um, and I, I think we were going to start with just a little run through of how we deal with things or how we've, or, or, or how I've approached things up and then Dan give his, his thoughts too. Um, and then what we're going to do is run through some of those comments and pick out some of the gold dust that's in there because it's just fantastic. Um, hopefully it shouldn't take us too long, but um, the, the first one, to start off with, I think um, I think the first thing, that the best piece of advice is managing expectations is, is such a key part of it and understanding around um, that you don't know how much free time you used to have until you become a parent. <laughs> and that's, that's ridiculous. Um, but it, um, sort of understanding that as possible and, and sort of working out um, how you're going to compromise on on things and work things out so that you can fit the most into your day is really really important. And I think having communication with your partner about how you're going to fit things into the day and when would be an appropriate time to do it, and having a two way dialogue on that important. Um, and also, you know working out how to give them the time to do their hobby because this is it's always a two-way street with these kind of things um and joe and i have had a back back and forward for we, we always regularly sit down and talk about it and um we've actually got to the stage where we, we'd actually sit down once a week now and plan the week to make sure that we we fit everything that we want to fit in because it, it otherwise we don't and we become really um ineffective um, and we don't get the stuff that we want to do done. Um, and that makes me grumpy and it makes her grumpy. And, you know, and like Dan said, I'm a much better person to be around if I've, um, if I've been able to unwind. Um, and I think a lot of people are the same. And I think you also need to sort of think about what, what realistically do you think is going to be practical? So um, tipping all of your scenery bits onto the kitchen table um, and having a mass necromunda building session may not be, the, or might be a brilliant idea, but may not be the best idea you've ever had, um, because you might just end up getting, you know, make creating a god awful mess, and um, the, managing the kids in that environment would just potentially be a nightmare. But equally, it could be a really awesome thing to do. So, sort of thinking about what you can and can't fit around stuff is. Um, so my next thing I've written down here is just a straight out steal from um, Joe Wicks and his um, food planning. You've got to plan like an absolute boss. You've got to get your stuff organised, know what you're going to be working on, particularly with newborns, um, and have it ready to grab. So if you're lucky enough to have a hobby area, um, and Dan and I are really lucky enough to have that, um, the little part of the room set aside or, um, or whatever, having something so that if you get even 10 minutes, if you're in the right frame of mind, you can sit down and say, 
do a little bit of extra painting and then you can go back to do something else. I think that's really um, awesome advice. And that's come up time and time again from people who have contacted us that you just have something ready to do, have it there ready to go because um, you may not get as much time to do it in a block, but if you get all the little bits together, you know, you, you can find time to do stuff. Um, the other thing that I, my thoughts was to be really, really flexible, um, get ready to do stuff at a drop of a hat and also get ready not to do stuff at a drop of a hat. So I would say, um, work out when the best time is to do something. So if your project is to get the airbrush out, I, I personally find the airbrush a really difficult thing to just put down. I don't know about you, Dan, but it's not an easy thing to just drop tools and, Go and do oh, something. Honestly, so, mate, there is me, nothing, I choose the times. There is nothing that enrages me more. And and I need to and I, <clears throat> you have to be a bit humble and self-reflective at times and think, if this is the case, was it wise to do that? But like I'll be doing some hobby, usually the airbrush, and Harry will come home. And immediately she wants me there to help with the kids. And I'm like, you can't just drop every. You can't. You can't just stop. It doesn't work that way. And I'll get really like, and then later on, this is the way my brain works and the cycles are. I'll realise that actually, I knew full well when she was coming home, so I shouldn't have started it in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, planning what you're going to do so you can be flexible at the right time. I think is a really good one too. Um, and the last thing I would say is um, is something that I, it has come up in other lots of comments that people have sent as well. Particularly a really a great message that we got sent on Facebook that we'll, we'll cover uh, and we'll think about. But killing birds with two, two two birds with one stone. So when Tristan was a little baby, um, he for the first month he refused to sleep. Um, for the, for the worst first week and a half, absolutely refused at any time to sleep other than on my chest. Um, so he would lie on my chest and fall asleep. If I fell asleep, he would wake up, um, which was great. <laughs> and uh, and so I ended up sitting there for the first night, like with this this strange creature on my chest that I had very little idea of what to do with. Um, but every time I fell asleep, he would scream at me. So. I was sat there like wide awake at four o'clock in the morning, having been up for the best part of 24 hours thinking there has to be some way I can make this time productive other than watching the television. As it happens, um, he didn't wake up if I put the PlayStation on and played Skyrim. So I smashed through 125 hours of Skyrim in the first week of <laughs> while he was sleeping on my chest. Um, so now Skyrim isn't a hobby, but um, there's, there's loads and loads of different ways to engage with this hobby. So audio books, um, computer games, um, loads of things, watching painting tutorials on television, um, you're watching battle reports. There's plenty of hobby you can be doing or even zooming in with your friends for a hobby session and having the kid on your chest, you know, asleep 
and talking to people about their hobby is is another is another way of getting your hobby fix, as it were, you know, while having a kid around. Um, so killing birds with two killing two birds with one stone is and look for look for those opportunities because um for example you can supervise a baby and paint at the same time that is possible you know in the right circumstances if you work it out but be careful because kids adapt <clears throat> and so so i learned in quite a messy they're like the, way they're like the borg aren't they, they are <laughs> i learned in quite a messy way that um don't try and do your own hobby while you're trying to engage the kids in doing their hobby or doing some hobby. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's Look. so true. Come here. Oh, okay. Um, so this is very uh, apt, uh, ladies and gents. So it's, uh, what time is it? Half past ten at night. And Joshua's just come in um, to my room, and he wants a cuddle. Uh, and he's told me I need to go to bed because he wants to snuggle up in bed. So uh, yeah, be ready to adapt. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, buddy? Yeah. Should we go and help you? Come on then. We'll pause a moment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Okay, so you'll be glad to know Joshua is now settled back upstairs with mum. Well, not back up, he's gone upstairs now with mum. So uh, there you go. It's all about being flexible, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, you can't, don't try and do your hobby and have them doing hobby. So I had Joshua paint some models. You can't do yours. Just don't bother. But interestingly, though, so there's... Nothing wrong with a bit of um, uh, like you were saying about two birds once. So, so one of the things. So Joshua is quite an active kid, uh, and he he can be a bit crazy. And so sometimes um, he gets a bit tired. And the best thing for him is he sits down on the sofa and we watch like Paw Patrol together or something. Um, and then and, and, and I was thinking, well, this is nice i like sitting on the sofa with josh but i could be doing something so actually what he loves doing is we'll come upstairs to my hobby room and i'll sit on the, at the desk and he'll sit next to me and he'll have the ipad and watch an episode or two of paw patrol and i'll do some hobby and he talks and and we chat about he'll he'll say to me oh what are you doing daddy and i'll tell him about it and then talk about paw patrol and now importantly you can't just do that for ages and ages because not well, it depends you you don't let people tell you how to parent is another one but you know you don't want them just sat watching screen yes. all the time <laughs> um but but what i found is it it's really good daddy daddy joshua time like he he engages with me and enjoys it and i enjoy it um it, and then we go off and do something else and run around the garden or whatever it is yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, so should we go through some of the awesome comments that we've had? Yes. Um, because I think that's, there's some great, some great stuff in here. Um, that I, I think would be worth going through. So the first one is, and it's a huge thank you to, um, to David Hardy. I don't, 
uh, unfortunately, we didn't catch this message when it came in because we just Facebook Messenger on when you have a page is bizarre, um, and it, it can get lost in the in the in the forest of messages. But he he's um, he's got some great ideas. Um, so he he talks a lot about what we've just talked about about um, planning and compromising and working out time with with your partner to fit things in around. So he talks about when he gets up with the kids at, you know, early in the morning um, and then they're kind of settled again, he, he uses that time to hobby um, and do some painting. But also he takes things like uh, spr- sprues in his car when he's for his job. He, he drives between jobs and if he gets 10 minutes in the car, he'll assemble a model, um, which is quite a great idea. Um, and uh, And also... I think um, he one of the, the key pieces of advice he gives is is about sleeping um, and working out when when you can sleep and they can sleep and planning around around that and that's that's great advice because um, it's really important to manage your own health too. So don't don't think oh great baby's asleep I'm a hobby because sometimes when baby's asleep is the only time you're going to get to sleep. So um, bear that in mind. Um, one of the, he, he also talks as well about um, about uh, having stuff ready to go straight away. Absolutely agree, Dave. We think that's so important having it all set up and ready. Um, and just talks about how awesome it is to be a, a parent, which it's just lovely to read that kind of stuff. So thanks, Dave. Appreciate that message. It's really thorough. Um, and we're going to summarize one of the things that we can hopefully come out of this is, that, is an article about dad hammering um advice in from lots of different people which i hope people will find useful um yeah, so you've had a read of his comment dad is there anything that's like i've missed because it's really long and we have done uh have missed something uh grab yourself a tree tray so you can build minis when you're chilling with your partner in front of the telly yes <laughs> that's such a good one done that um built most of my lord of the Rings stuff doing that yeah. um yes so um to brohammer mini sent us a great comment um yeah. batch cooking your your food um so you know you're saving time in that kind of respect so that you've got more time to do the other stuff. Absolutely great advice. Um, and he's so right, getting your food prepped, um, getting things ready to go so that, you know, batch paint your food. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, but, um, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so batch paint your food. Um, and then uh, we this piece of advice... I always think about kids in the sort of junior sense of the word. So like babies, I suppose, because that's when most of the, you know, the, the uh, dad hammering I've done has, has come out. But um, Chris on tweet on Twitter has said that um, some kids really don't have, handle the competitive aspect of games very well at all. Um, so focus on narrative stuff. Um, so you're telling the story. I think that's superb advice, Dan, because the few times I've played with Tristan, he's got really agitated when he thought his models were going to die. Um, I, he was a bit young 
at the time it was about five I think um so I think that's really good advice actually yeah like that that was one that as soon as I read I thought you know what that's true um and that follows on to some of the other comments that we've had like uh on the dad hammer support network which we'd love which we're going to shout this is the shout out for them it's a facebook page um and also a hashtag on twitter um hashtag dad hammer and the page is dad hammer support network on facebook um and one of the pieces of advice on there is um you don't have to get your kids to paint you know if painting isn't their bag you can just play with them and if playing with them isn't their bag you you can paint with them and they don't have to do either either you know, you can do your hobby in the same room as they're doing their hobby, um, which I thought was fantastic advice too. Mm. Um, really, really good advice because, um, and this comes from Mark on Facebook. He said, my kids prefer to play on the computer, um, which I, we now do in the same room while I paint, which is nice because we enjoy our hobbies together and we talk constantly sharing fun stories about them. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a really fantastic advice is that, you know, the kid, kids will gravitate if they, if you make it enjoyable and if you force it down their throat, I don't think they, I don't think that's the way to do it. I think it has to be led by them. Um, And equally it's your hobby. It's not their hobby until they want it to be their hobby. Um, So doing a hobby, my kids are obsessed with Pokemon cards at the moment. So I'm actually really thinking about clearing a space for them to do their Pokemon cards in with me while I'm hobbying, because I think that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, I think that's great advice. So thanks. Thanks for that, um, Mark. Um, what else have we got here? Yeah, so the, again, reiterating the point, um, Dick on Facebook says that uh, it, it's really awesome to get... Um, like a, st- a place sorted out so you can get stuck straight in um, when you get a chance. I think that's great. One of the comments on here from Michael I really liked about his his um, new partner had two boys and they were absolutely like blown away by the hobby. Um, right up until a point they realised that they had to paint them. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they came in the walls like that, um, which was, you know, interesting. Um <laughs> putting away projects or keeping them out of reach of kids comes up a few times. Um, yeah. So put Paul, Paul Adam, one of our regular listeners said that putting um, everything away and focusing on a single project, it, it, it helps him to consolidate his time productively. But also I take that out of that putting stuff away or having a door is so important because I had an episode. In fact, there's a video on YouTube if you want to see my expression of how painful it was, um, where I had virtually finished a squad of long fangs only for my daughter to paint them red, um, which was painful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, beware. Um, and beware silence. Beware silence. If there's silence, something is happening. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And there's no telly noises. There's no sign of a tablet on. And, you, and there's no noise, someone is painting your models. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Paul makes a, a good point there about, about focus as well. Yes. Yeah, it really is important, isn't it? 
like set the clear objective, I think. I'm going to paint this squad and then I'm going to move on to that squad. Um, and then putting away all the other stuff that's distracting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like Dan on Facebook also sort of goes back to what we're saying. It's okay if you don't have time with newborns to do the hobby. It'll come back as they get older um, and you can stay engaged with other other things like books, um, audiobooks, etc., um, and save the time with the kids. You know, this goes to be about balancing it and managing expectations. And sometimes there will just be times where you just can't, you just can't. Um, and finding other ways to stay engaged with the hobby is super important, I think. Mm. Um, particularly the people, because I think, you know, our relationship is a perfect example. We met in, a hob- in the hobby, working in Games Workshop, and we've been best mates ever since, you know, and... And this this podcast and you know my friendship with you is a massive part of my life, and you know the friends that you make in this hobby. Most of my friends, um, realistically, are to do with this hobby, or, or reenactment. One of the two. They're all hobby related. Um, as time goes by, and now I've settled into my rather than moving around from ward to ward, I'm now creating longer term relationships with. Um, with people I work with, but um, realistically, the ones that stuck over time is the hobby. So, you know, remember that those, those things are a huge part too. If you, if you've been in the hobby as long as, you know, as long as I have 30 years, which is painful. You (laughs) think about it for that. Um, It, uh, it does become a huge part of your life. And, and, you know, talking to the people who are in there, so just because you can't go down to Vets Night, for example, and play or wherever you play your games um, and play games, you know, engaging with the people who are. And a good example from tonight, Ross, one of the, the chaps who turns up, um, does paint night with me every week, comes over to my house, really good mate of mine. Um, he's just been in a competition and he's telling us all about it on Messenger this evening, you know, staying engaged with people who are able to go out and do that kind of stuff is really, I think, really key. Social distance gaming tournaments, got to love it. Um, is there anything else through this lot that you've, um, that you've picked up? I love this one. I'm going to read this one out, actually. Um, Never paint with your kids. Dad, I need yellow, Dad. I need pink, Dad. I need gold, Dad. I need silver, Dad. I need black, no brown, no silver. Dad, Dad, Dad. Can I just finish powering one model, please? Can I watch Justin's house? What? Oh, I thought you wanted silver. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, I need blue, dark blue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Rob from Curtin said something which uh, we've brought up before, which is um, if kids are interested go on to amazon or what have you or or other local store and buy like a massive bag of plastic cheap soldiers or animals or dinosaurs or something like that and and spray them up for them i've actually got a drawer one of my hobby zone drawers is just full of undercoated plastic green army men so that if joshy wants to do some painting or hannah at some point when she uh, can hold a brush and not eat it, um, they can just. I've got some ready to go. Um, yeah, because uh, well, because it just makes sense. Um, 
don't something I wanted to say as well to go back to what you were saying about relationships and hobby and things. Um, and this is quite poignant because Ben and I were literally discussing this a couple of days ago um, about, uh, you know, maintaining relationships um, like like friendships and stuff. And don't, long distance ones, particularly. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't beat yourself up. Because you can't be involved at a certain point, like. Um, funnily enough, Ben said to me once. It, you know, a true friendship because you, you cannot see someone for a long period of time, and when you see them, it's like you just saw them yesterday. Um, and I think that's really important. It's really important because it can be really tough, you know, that you don't get to see people, and you can feel a bit like you've let them down as well. Um, beat yourself up a bit, but but being a parent is really hard. Um, it it it's great. It's flipping awesome, but it's also really hard. <laughs> so give yourself a break and have a Kit Kat because, you know, you're doing a bloody brilliant job. There's my little bit of moment yeah. there. Um, so something else I wanted to add because it's been going around in my head is we talked about like what, what are your partner's hobbies, but talk to them about what what helps them regenerate whatever that may be uh, on what they how they feel you are caring about them so then they'll be more inclined to care about you and and, and help you i suppose um because it's just the nice thing to do so the the, the example i give so so harriet really likes quality time together so, like, if we're watching the telly, for example, if I'm sat on my phone looking at hobby or whatever, that doesn't count because it's, it, you know, she likes that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I now following on really from your example, Ben, Friday night, Harriet and I sit down and watch something and it's just us watching a film or whatever no phones no nothing try and put them to one side um don't and like you mentioned about sitting there doing some hobby and yeah that's fine but then don't expect to turn around and say well yeah but i spent some time with you you know because <laughs> you were doing something else and because yeah, 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 yeah. if you yeah. you know it, it, like and and this is this is getting a bit like into relationships now but i i naturally show affection by like going and, and buying flowers big bunch of flowers or something you know because i know that i'd be really happy if someone bought me a box of space marines but but actually it's more valuable to harriet that i spend some time with her so don't go you find out what it is you can do to make your partner feel valued so that then they'll help you in the in the reverse as well i think that's a bit deep now We're getting a bit deep but it's just it's just mad it's just mad life is flipping mad no. and trying to fit it all in and and balance it all it's just like it's loopy and and i do go back to like we said it right at the beginning if any of you are listening and i'm well done for listening if you haven't got kids um for putting up with this rambling but if you haven't got children or aren't in a relationship and and you know it <laughs> 
paint some bloody models because believe me <laughs> you do the rest not of us, know. Yeah. <laughs> you do not know how much time you have i remember just oh my gosh whole days just sat watching star trek voyager with dan wasley and and, and i could have painted miniatures and yeah oh my goodness those were good times mind but we made a toad in a hole once that was so big we had to like bake a separate tin of just the batter because we'd made too much. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I think, um, I think what you're talking about, you, you know, when it comes down to it, understanding what, what it is that makes your partner feel appreciated is super important in all this because mm. You know, we've talked about lots of things, but efficiency and planning are, are actually really, I think, to being successful in fitting all, fitting it all in are really key. And a lot of that is understanding what it is you need to do. Because sometimes, you know, so, so a really good example, I suppose, actually comes down to my job. So one of the things that we get taught is um, ICE. So ideas, concerns, and expectations. So when a patient comes in and talks to us, part of our consultation is to find out what are their ideas about what's going on, what are their concerns about what's going on, and what is their expectation from coming to see you. Because sometimes it's very easy to go off on one and do a whole bunch of things that may or may not be important, but you haven't actually addressed what it is that they were concerned about and what their expectations were from having that conversation with you. And if you haven't done that, then they, you, you kind of leave, you've, you've not achieved what it is that they wanted out of talking to you. And I think that's, that's, I, I take that into life a lot. Now, when I'm doing this or anything with somebody else, what are their expectations out of doing it? And um, Ben, sorry. We're back. Um, just, just to make you aware, I've just had to leap out again because the other child woke up. <laughs> I've lost track of where we were as well. You were talking about ice expectations, yeah, and the fact that you could just chuck it in some whiskey and hey, yeah. I, <laughs> so yeah, I think um, be, being efficient, you know, having an understanding of what your expectation is for the hobby, having an understanding what you can efficiently do to make everything work better. Um, it, it makes, for me, makes a big difference. You know, I think yours is a really good example. You could buy fl- you know, flowers for your, for your missus every day. Um, but if that's not what my, my wife uses the term love language, yeah. if that's not her love language, yeah. then, then, it's, um, then it, it doesn't matter to them. But if time is their love language, it's golden. Um, and actually, I think that, you know, I think that's a really good thing because, um, you know, yeah, I think that's just getting it all, mixing it all together and, and working out how to efficiently do things. I think is my top, my top things, planning like a boss, planning like a boss. I think um, Joe Wicks is likely to uh, come after you for use of copyright. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, so one of the things I'm going to talk about planning 
what I'd like at the moment I'm finding it really really hard um to in the space I'm in to have things set up ready for the kids to do when they come in which they regularly do and say oh can I paint something I normally find that that's right in the middle of when I'm painting something and I normally find that's really difficult for me to then put everything that I've got away and um and get them involved too I I also <clears throat> when it comes to painting I think I need to manage my expectations of how kids should paint <laughs> yeah. yeah because there's a huge part of me who's like in my head you know, Tristan can understand the nuances of every Pokemon in existence and tell me how they work and interact and blah, 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 blah. But how is it difficult then for him to paint in between the lines and start with a darker colour and move up to the light? <laughs> but it is because, you know, we you, it's so easy to forget where we came from as hobbyists, how difficult our first models were. And I... To get over it, I now have one of my earliest models on the shelf in front of me, like as old as I could find, just to remind me that the dude's nine, you know, make the best thing for him is to just sit him down with a brush and a bunch of paint and Dr. Cox that, you know, do you remember... The- the first episode of Scrubs where Dr. Cox is just like, put the peapot on the floor and just knock yourself out. Just go for it. Um, to the little kid, because he wants a wee sample. You know, do the same with models. Just put the model in front of him, let him go for it. Go mad. Paint whatever colour they want. Green face is green face. <laughs> you know, if his, if his skin's orange, the matter. You know, if he looks like a tomato, who cares? It, it's up to them. They love it. They've, they've created something and it's brilliant. Um, and those wonderful moments when, you know, they, they say things like, oh, I'm just putting brown on it to look like mud. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, um, now, you know what that, you know what that's called, buddy? That's called weathering. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. I feel the thing I'd like to finish with, I guess, um, apart from the fact of obviously please get in touch if you've got thoughts, feelings, or you're struggling and you just want to reach out and talk to people because we are definitely here for that if you need it. Um, Yeah, 100%. But I think there is no one size fits all. There isn't a handbook. And there are. There are loads of books about parenting and all sorts, and they probably work for some people. uh, But... But really, there isn't there isn't a handbook as such. Um, as I say, there isn't one size fits all. Something that works this week probably won't work next week. Um, it's just that is so that true all as the well. time, yeah. you know. Because um, they're like the Borg, and they they adapt. are like the Borg, and they adapt absolutely. Um, but but um, there is room for hobby and a family and actually it will enrich your hobby it really will um and can enrich your family and, and can enrich your family and that and that so you know it might be that everything you've heard us say this doesn't ring true with you that's okay some of it might ring true but give yourself a break you're doing an awesome job yeah yeah 
Absolutely. I think one size fits all or one size doesn't fit all is like the best advice we could give today. Because, I mean, I, I'm so keen on getting the planning right and being efficient. But that's that's because I know that in my life, I'm the scruffiest painter in the universe. I'd practically give Dan a stroke when he looks at my hobby desk because it's I've got paint pots everywhere and I've got five or six projects on my table and I'm an absolute mess. Um, and I know that that isn't the best thing for me and my hobby with the kids. I know if I just had one project on my desk ready to go, that I could easily pack away so I could make room for the kids when they asked to paint, that that would be better. I'm really bad at planning. I'm really, really bad at it. And it's the, it's the best advice I could give today because I absolutely convinced that that's what would make my hobby better with the kids and my hobby in itself better if I was better at planning. Um, but, you know, everyone will find a different way of doing things. It might be that having a, you know, a mad old hobby desk with all sorts of stuff going on is, is exactly what you and your kids need. <laughs> like that can be the, the answer to your situation. Um, and maybe you need to become l- less tidy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and have it all out in one great big crazy mixing pot and seeing what comes out of it. Um, but yeah, I really hope that people have, or somebody, anyone has got anything from this little ramble. Because um, I know I would have appreciated hearing a lot of this when I first started. Um, just hearing, just hearing from somebody else that it is hard and that everyone finds it hard. That it's not just, it wasn't just me finding it hard to fit my hobby in. Because when Tristan was a baby, I sucked at it. I didn't do any. Didn't do any hobby for years because I had Tristan and I had been a junior doctor and I just couldn't fit it in. Um, But I had free time, you know, even working like the 100-hour weeks I was working, I still had free time. And I know looking back I had free time because I can I can find the things that I did in that time that were were wasted. For example, um, you know, playing on the PlayStation. You know, I spent hours doing that um, because I could be in the same room with Tristan. But it's not wasted time because I was in the same room hanging out with Tristan and enjoying that time. But I could have equally have been doing my hobby in that time. But I was just so disorganised I didn't do it. Um, there you go well there we go deeper meaningful wild section yeah and and one of the things i'd love absolutely so blown away by the amount of comments that people have sent to us and responded to our messages and posts because there's there's loads of it out there and we didn't cover all of it because because there's so much of it and uh, it's been really cool to find things like the um the dad support network um on Facebook, the Dad Hammer Support Network, um, because I think it's really cool that those things exist. Definitely. Really, really cool. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us for episode 60. As always, 
We are on Facebook, although apparently if you message us, Facebook doesn't tell us. So that's great. Um, but we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we do have a website. We do have some YouTube. It's not even put anything on there in a while, but there are some funny videos if you fancy checking them out. Um, all our episodes go on there. Though. All of our episodes do go on there. Yeah. Yeah. So as ever, do get in touch. We love hearing from you guys. Um, and we shall be back now in four weeks time. I think it is just over four weeks because we're going to have a bit of a break over to Christmas um, and come back. Uh, I think it's the 9th of January. Middle of January. I think it's the 13th of January. So the next episode is due. And we'll be joined by um, by James, by James from Siege Studios, which is going to be fab. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. God, that came first. <laughs> it did indeed. Oh, good riddance 2020.